Everybody and welcome to episode 462 of Conversation Street, the spoiler-free Conversation Street, Coronation Street podcast. I've forgotten what we're doing. Hello, I am Michael and she, everybody, is Gemma. I already did this intro. We, this is the second time we've recorded an intro. Gemma recorded one and then I screwed up, so I stopped the recording. You didn't even screw up, you just went, oh, I'm not doing... I, <laughs> I and just then you decided, said, right, do it again. I it and no I'm good. like, I'm not and doing it again. That was again. brilliant. That was like the best intro I've ever done. We are recording so a now. podcast about the 15th to the 19th of March episodes of Coronation Street, aka the episodes that are on this week, episodes 10,273 and 10,278. And I'm sure you're very keen to find out what we thought about it this week after last week's not-so-good episodes. I thought it was okay. Talk more about it later. But I do want to say, everybody, because I have an announcement to make, I have had my COVID vaccination. That's right. Gemma's getting up. When are you getting yours? Monday? Mm-hmm. Gemma, say something. Don't be mad that I made... No, I'm mad at you. You oh. messed up my intro. Okay, I'm going to make things better for you by being rubbish on the quiz. Is that okay? No. Anyway, I, I, yeah, on like Wednesday, I got my COVID jab and I didn't know I was getting it. And one of the other teachers at school, her mum's a nurse, and, and she said, we, there's, there's a COVID jab going. We can go and get a COVID jab. So we, Do you we, know that in America, they fired a doctor for doing that? I'm not naming any names. So, so we got in the no, car after school and we went to this like deserted medical centre. Like the car park was empty. Are you sure you got a COVID vaccine? I think that's what it was. I got a little card that says it. Yeah, whatever. And, and we had to stand outside this medical centre and she was, and, and my colleague was ringing up the person who had been texting her, who was not her mum. It was somebody who's, who she'd been texting who worked at there and we, she, we, we got let in and they locked the door behind <laughs> It was really shady. And, and we went into the room. It was almost like the nurse kind of opened up her trench coat and <laughs> a string of needles of there. No, we went into a little doctor's room. We sat down there and, and got jabbed in the arm and that's it. Um, so I, I am kind of safe and Gemma is going to be kind of safe soon too. But yeah, it, Everybody else I, snuck in. I was like, oh, I'm getting mine done. And then somebody turned around and you and my other friend both went, oh yeah, I'm getting one. I just booked it for But tomorrow. I tell you what, I am the biggest, biggest wuss when it comes to needles, as you know, Gemma. And uh, I think this was for the best, that it was just kind of yeah, snuck up on me. Because if I knew that I'd You're been having this for like, you know, a week or two weeks in advance, I would have spent that week or two weeks yeah, being right. absolutely terrified about having a needle jabbed in my arm. But uh, this listen, gave me like one, one right, hour's listen. notice and I didn't listen, have time everybody. to get too scared. When this pandemic first started... Michael's main worry was that there would be a vaccination. That's not true. And he was That's like, not true at like, all. oh no, I don't want an injection. And I was like, you'll be lucky if they can even make a vaccine for this. It doesn't say that at all. You anyway, did. it was fine. <laughs> if anyone hasn't had it yet, which is probably a lot of people listening still, um, it, it, even me as a massive Jesse found it was absolutely I fine. And it was a little scratch. And I hate it when they say that. Oh, it's just gonna be a little scratch. No, it's not. And I was fine afterwards. And I, but I know that different people have reacted differently, haven't they? Like some people have, like you know, been bedridden for two days after the uh, mm-hmm. after the jab, and and I've been absolutely fine. I was kind of hoping to get a couple of days off school, to be honest. But um, no, I'm I'm okay. But my arm is still sore two days is later. It? Oh, it man. still hurts. My arm still hurts. It's oh. weird. It's just a tiny little tiny little thing. I don't, I don't know what these things like. But anyway, that's been my week this week. How about you, listeners? How about you, Gemma? Good week? Bad week? Okay do you want to do week? a quiz? Quiz-making week? Gemma's week's been fine. And um, 
And we're making slow movements forward with the house move because I know there are some people that are interested in that. Oh, I'm worried. We got a missed call from the estate agent this afternoon. <laughs> so I've got to find him back in the morning oh, and find out what the next thing. Oh, do you want to hear my story? Let's go. Oh, what? dear. Of, um, so our, our solicitor has done nothing. Oh, yeah. This is okay. a good story. So the solicitor's done nothing, literally nothing, apart from every time they get prompted, they email us and say... Oh, you haven't sent your ID and you haven't paid. When we have. And it's like, we have sent it. This is now the third time we've sent it. So um, the other day, the um, estate agent phoned up and she's really ratty. She's like, your your solicitor hasn't done anything. I've tried phoning them up and they they don't answer the phone. Have you paid them? Because if not, you should probably get a different uh, solicitor because this is ridiculous. And I'm like, oh, sorry, we have already paid them. So I tried to phone. I couldn't get hold of anybody. So I sent this snotty email and um, and then they they replied and said, "Oh, sorry for the hold up." And then I I emailed the estate agent and I, I said, "Oh, this is really unacceptable. I apologize. I really apologize for this. If depending on how they reply to my email, um, I might we might get an, a different solicitor. So we'll find out how they respond." And then I sent it to the solicitor. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm going to find you. You said it to the set as well? Yes. Did you CC them in? I didn't CC. I just added them as a play. <laughs> I didn't know this whole story. That's hilarious. I didn't mean to at all, but it was such a power move. Like, within, within like, half an hour, they sent a load of forms through for us to fill out. <laughs> Which we haven't even done I, yet. No, I feel so bad about it. I feel like... Like one of these really mean Karen women. He's like, I want to speak to your manager. Well, they needed to pull their finger out, didn't they? We've been trying to move house for months now. It's literally been a month since they were given IDs and forms and and money. And then they, she phoned them up and they said, oh, they haven't sent their ID yet. And it's like we 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 sent it a month ago. And um, and she was she was getting ratty. She's like. If if they haven't sent it to you, why haven't you chased this up? Oh no, it's really bad. This poor person. Mind you, you should do your job really if you don't want to get mad. Well, with, there's there are still a few other issues that are possibly you know holding our house move back. There isn't to do solicitor like to do our garage, but it's still going ahead. Hopefully, <sighs> if people are interested. But for now, for the no time being, our podcast studio remains the same. Right, quiz. Yes. Fifteenth to the nineteenth of March in years ending in one and a nine. This was sourced from Coronation Street. A one and a nine? Do you mean a one and a six? One and a six. Good. I don't know. I just say whatever words I want these days. <laughs> go on then, go on. Let's, 15th let's of March, 1976. Which two characters get locked in the Rover's cellar overnight? Van Ogden. Mm-hmm. And Albert Hatlock. Correct. Yes. 15th of March, 1996. When Fiona takes over the salon, what name does she give it? Hair by Fiona Middleton. <laughs> yeah, so pretentious. Um, 16th of March 2016. Gemma gets taken on at which street institution? 2016? Yep. Just job. Working. Oh, my date. I'm getting my dates all wrong here. Yeah, probably. Um, I'm going to say Audrey's salon. No. No, zero. Oh, Rovers? Kebab shop. Oh, God, Bennett, of course it was. She did go, she did try and get a job at the salon, didn't she? That's when the thing about her name being Gemini came out, but I don't know whether she, I don't think she ever actually worked there. Oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, idiot. 17th of March, 1986. Which house do Alf and Audrey Roberts move into? Number 11. Mm -hmm. Coronation Street. 17th of March, 2006. 
Why does Ashley Peacock contemplate running away to Scotland? <laughs> um, two th- uh, 2006? Oh, I really don't know. What was going on with Ashley in 2006? Really likes tablet. And he's like, yeah. you just can't get it down here. Um, was it... I think it was going out with Claire at that point. Um, something to do with Claire having an affair? Was, was there a Claire affair? I'm getting a look. Uh, yes. Um, it was Claire having it off with. <laughs> You're so great. I don't remember. Right, shall I tell you? Yeah. He's worried Matt Ramsden will take Joshua. Oh, okay, so it's not really anything to do with Claire. <laughs> that, was, that was magazine. Right, 18th of March, 1981. Emily know, puts a notice in the papers that she's changing her name. What to? Which year? 81. Emily Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the quaint idea of, like, before Facebook, you had to take out an advert in yeah. the paper. <laughs> Can you imagine vague booking in the era of newspaper What's adverts? Vague booking. Where you like go, oh, I'm really upset today, it's and then and then people say, "What's wrong?" And you're like, "Don't worry about it." Eighteenth <laughs> <laughs> of March, nineteen ninety one. Josh Shackleton tells Vera which king was her grandfather. Oh, Bennett, I can never remember what this is. Um, Edward, the yeah seventh. <laughs> <laughs> Edward VII. Seventh. I said that, didn't I? I said the seventh. Oh, really bad with numerals. You're good with them, aren't you? I always have to I go. I do know V-I-I. my Roman numerals. Yes, I can go up to eight. Can you? I can go up what's, to. My, I can give you any Roman nine, number then? you want. Isn't it X I? Isn't it I? Uh, uh, I nine X. is I X. Yeah. I can give you any num- Roman numeral you want. Give Two me a number. Two thousand. Mm. Three hundred and eighty-two. C C C L X X X I I. Such an elegant form <laughs> of numeration. Okay. All right. Good, I don't know. I can't check that. You could have said anything. Right, what what year is the next one? And I'll tell you that in Roman numerals as well. <laughs> I'm a primary school teacher everywhere. 1996. <laughs> Why is it important that. for children to know. learn? Because it appears in the SATs like once every three years, one point question. Tell you what, I used to... Because in the UK with the BBC, they always put the year in Roman numerals. And I remember the thrill... When we turned to the year 2000, suddenly it was all really neat. Yeah. Because up until that point, it was just a load of crappy numbers. This is numbers. 1996. That's MCM. Uh, <laughs> now. Oh, gosh. What is it? I MCM is 19. Right. 18th of March, 1996. XCVI. Go on. Raquel tells Kelly she would like a boy and a girl. What does she want to name them? Oh. We literally we, just, we saw, literally this. just saw this, didn't we? I don't... I. Uh, no, I don't know. Just tell me and I'll go, yeah. Blake and Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, We're having a little mini break from classic Coronation Street at the moment, aren't we? Yes. We haven't watched one for a week. It's getting Good. a bit like... You know, we, so it's going to be a little while before we do the second half of the 90s. Sorry. No, no. It's, it's, I can't You've just it. admitted that it's your 
that this was your doing. I was being very ambiguous about it. Everybody knows who listened last week. I literally had a, a mini nervous breakdown. <laughs> and said, I'm, I quit. I can't do it anymore. It's been so nice. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're going to have to wait until Brian Park's here. I literally just need a break. That was all I need. <gasps> Teresa okay. the Turkey was on ITV3 this week. It's great. Spiders in it. I love it. Carry on. 18th of March 2011, when Sheen can't find a register office with a free booking before her visa runs out, which couple does Tina suggest she and Graham have a double wedding with? David and Kylie. Yeah. That's all the oh, questions. Oh, good. I had to do it this week, didn't I? Didn't get, um, I didn't get my... Uh, seven out of... Nine? Ten. Nine. Thanks. Who has got a birthday cabinet this week, please? Mm-hmm. You got it there? 20th of March. Okay. Yes. Paul Fox, who is Mark Redmond V. Natalie Gamidi, played Kirsty Soames. When's she coming back? 21st of March, Bruno Langley, Todd, Todd Grimshaw. The. The first. Yes. 22nd of March, Christine Hargreaves, who played, who's Christine oh, Hargreaves. Yeah. Um, and 23rd of March, Alan Browning, played Alan Howard. Lovely. <laughs> Two people who are oh, the same my, names. It's, it's my sister's birthday on Monday. Really need to remember to send Happy her a card. Because <laughs> they haven't got along. Right, um, that, that's it, isn't it? That's, yeah, should we get on to the, the main meat of the episode? The main Romanian meatball and tripe soup oh, of the episode? Yeah. Was that a load of tripe this week's coronation treat? Let's find out. I hope the Romanian tourist board didn't pay for that plug. <laughs> It is street talk time, and I can barely believe it, but the <laughs> family at number three got our top billing for story this week. This was a Bailey week, wasn't it? It was Bailey-rific. And who's the granddaddy is going to be our story number one. I'm sorry for that low-effort storyline title there, it's but, you know. Um, yeah, there's more to come. Tyrone has a pop is going to be our... Uh, <laughs> uh. I thought we thought we were good for our Tyrone and Miss Elena pop a fair storyline. I'm not very happy about that one. We had a little bit more of the size supplies story on Monday and um, it kind of kind of petered out towards the end of the week, but Natasha's back, so I've kind of bundled that all together. We had a little bit more of the Abby Ever After story, which I thought peaked on Wednesday's episodes with the um, the dress trying on stuff in the bistro, which I very much enjoyed. And then we have got a new story for Kathy and Brian. They've got something to do at last and it's trolling people on the internet. Um, Tracy. What? Okay. Tra- Kathy's been trolling them, hasn't she? Been putting putting their messages in. Why do you say? Hang on a minute. Did you not get what was going on? We'll find out when we get there. Um, I've, I've got a few possible storyline titles here. Trolling Tracy, but that makes it sound like Tracy's the one doing the trolling. Um, trolled. <laughs> <laughs> Troll period, which is a bit of a. Um, a conversation uh, street I like in, in reference what's it called uh, in, in joke um, uh. troll and error because uh, <laughs> I don't even know I don't think it sounds funny uh, paper troll because it's to do with an article in the paper, oh, paper but really there should be yeah, exactly there should be <laughs> surely some kind of storyline title that you can make out of troll and Ollie because this is to do with Ollie that's your theory you've been telling trolly. me this all evening Ollie and, and you trolly. haven't come up with anything I can't think of anything but I really should it also the back of a postcard. it doesn't sound right to me because I correctly and you know what I know how to pronounce things after our sloth sloth debacle last week I say troll but people on Coronation Street are saying troll it's not troll everybody it's troll what? troll troll it's not troll is it? Amy troll. Amy was saying troll on the phone today what do you troll you, <laughs> what do you say? troll I don't know troll. I don't really say it out troll loud. to rhyme with droll like this week's Coronation Street right who's the granddaddy Gemma? 
you're gonna you you volunteered to uh, synopsize the Bailey. I quite like goings this on this. Bailey drama. I quite like the Bailey drama this week as well. Right, it was so, all right, wasn't it? And there was a surprise baby. I literally I had no idea that Grace was going to give birth this I week. I thought you were so going to that... say you had no idea she was pregnant because it was pretty obvious. To no, me. I didn't know she was going to give birth this week, and I, <laughs> so I was just as about as surprised as all the characters were. Oh, a baby's come out. Yeah, ten weeks early. I know, ten weeks. Mm. Yeah, so there was some um, little bit of talk about that on our Facebook group, wasn't there? Some people thinking it was two weeks early and saying, what's the, what's, what's what's the, what's the fuss? What's the fuss? Ten weeks. That's ten weeks, yeah. A long time? I don't know. But, yeah. <sighs> I guess it is, isn't it? That's like, what's that? Seven seven months? Yeah, that seems like quite a long You want to put it back time. in. Yeah. It needs another uh, spin around <laughs> in the microwave. Right, go on then. For Monday. Go on then, what's happened? Michael and Grace have brought a new pram. Good job, really, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Although uh, they can't use it for ten weeks. Because the baby's... Oh, the baby's in the in the incubator. Yeah. Uh, um, Quarantined. Uh, they, they're going to have a 3D scan of the baby today and Michael would like to know what the sex is and Grace is not want to know this <clears throat> i should find out on wednesday babies you know i don't know you know not being parents i don't know how these things work but you know 3d scans of babies gender reveal parties uh, you can't reveal the what, gender what is of this? a baby because you don't know how it's going to identify how about that they had their own it was supposed to be on wednesday wasn't it and they, yeah. and grace is like i'm gonna have my gender reveal by giving birth to it and finding out <laughs> and then, then maybe she, she got her shepherd back she? in again and realized yeah. she couldn't um looks like grace has her arms twisted because everybody wants a gender reveal party and ronnie's like yeah let's do it so they come back from the do a scan and michael tells ed about this party and ed is not very happy that uncle ronnie's muscling in and paying for everything and Ed tells James that he feels guilty because he can't pay for this himself. And he's like, oh, Riley's always showing me up. And James says, well, maybe he's just making up for all the lost birthdays, etc. that he, he missed being a shady uncle. <laughs> Ed catches Michael in Underworld and says, oh, I'm sorry about earlier. I was speaking to Aggie about it and we both want to pay for this party. And then... Um, Ed comes and tells Ronnie that they're paying for it, not him. And then he goes off to the loo. It's and, in the Rovers, wasn't it? And Ronnie gets a secret phone call and he's like, no, I'm not listening to you. Leave me alone. I think that was supposed to be his wife, That's wasn't Kat. it? That was Kat, his wife, who turns up, yeah. On Wednesday. On Wednesday, Grace is getting excited about planning the party and Ronnie's going to give her a lift to the shop. So then we get Kat shows up. She comes around. Ronnie's wife, they've had a falling out. He's run off. And he, the wife accuses... Um, him of trying to shack up with Aggie. <gasps> What's that? What they've got history? Who'd have guessed that those furtive <laughs> glances from what three or four weeks ago was suggesting some kind of illicit affair between Ad- Aggie and uh, Ronnie in the past? Who knows? Grace is at Freshgo's. Very interesting um, angle there. Of yes, yes, that was good. I I enjoyed that because usually when they want to show people at Tess Fresco's. Oh, <laughs> They, they literally just have got, you know, the the car park outside the Coronation Street building, haven't they? And it, obviously, to us having been there a few times, looks like that's just the car park at the Coronation Street building. But they did a decent job, I thought. They had of, some good signs. They had some good CG signs sign, up. maybe. They, they, I think they had a CG sign, yeah, because they had some little benches out, and I couldn't quite get my head around where exactly it was. Um, and it looked like, almost like, it was... Not the Coronation Street building. It was very But good. it was. Yeah. And also the hospital. Which yeah, is very handy because Grace could do with a lift there. Yeah. I think, who knew that it's frescoes and Weatherfield General shared the same building? Quite well, handy. I mean, our hospital's got a little M&S food down yeah. in the foyer. Um, so anyway, Grace is at frescoes waiting for Ronnie to come and pick her up. Meanwhile, he's having an argument with Ronnie Kat. Is, yeah. And he, he won't 
she's inviting himself to this to this party. Grace phones up and she's like, oh, I've got, I've got to go back inside because I really need a wee again. She takes her shopping back in. And then when she tries to leave, the security guard accuses her of stealing everything. And she has been taken into this back office and she can't find her receipt anywhere. And she's like, you just check the, check the CCTV because you'll see on there that I bought this stuff a minute ago. I don't know where the stupid receipt is. And so the security guard locks, locks her in and says, oh, I'm going to go and get my manager and get the police and stuff. And of course, Grace immediately starts to go into labour. <laughs> she's double labour and pains, clutching her belly, screaming, she's trying to get out, she can't really, so um, she's panicking. Um, meanwhile, Ronnie is talking to Kat about, he's like, let me explain the history between me and Aggie so that we all remember, even though you probably know just as well as I do. We were together before she got together with Ed and Michael could be my son. And then it turns up, like, he heard everything. He didn't hear anything. It's like, what's that drama? What's going on, Ronnie? So Ronnie introduces Kat to Ed and he's looking very uncomfortable. Ed leaves. Kat tells Ronnie, you can't just tell Ed that you might be the grandfather of this kid when he's so excited about this. Especially considering this, this, that will be, like, the second grandkid that he's lost. Yeah. Um, it's not really yours. Guess what? It, you, you wouldn't trust anything at all. So Grace is panicking. She's trying to phone Michael. She can't get through to him. She phones... Um, she phones number three, which is... Bailey's house. Bailey's house. <laughs> I know, but I saw people talking about this saying, how come she knows, knows Ronnie's phone number, but it's their house? But it is still quite improbable that she knows anyone's number, because I wouldn't. Because her phone ran out of battery, by the way, earlier on. So anyway, she's crying to Ronnie. The baby's coming. He, She ends up getting herself to hospital. Um, she's crying on a bed, and he turns up. The baby's 10 weeks early. Security guard turns up, says, oh, sorry about that. And Ronnie says, I'm not impressed with you. You racially profiled a pregnant woman of colour. How dare you? And he's like, oh, whoops, and goes. And then Grace is, the, Grace is there in the bed going, I found the receipt for you. <laughs> Which I thought was a bit like, nah, come on, what do you mean? Like, you're not that worried about it now, are you? If I was her, I'd be like, ah, you're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why he's worried. Anyway. Do you, like the, do you like the little phrase I put in my next bit of notes? I've coined the phrase, Ronnie's got a bee in his berry. Oh, very nice. <laughs> this yeah. whole security guard's still a bit annoyed about this, yeah. Yeah, he is a little Michael's bit. Michael's panicking, the baby's still coming. Ronnie's feeling guilty about the fact that he wasn't there to pick Grace up, and that's why she got um, detained. And Michael says, uh, I'm a big waste of time. Maybe. Some... He's, he's panicking, like, oh, well, I should have been there. And Ed turns up, and he's like, calm down, calm down. Um, so... Ed says, why are you so emotional about this? And he says, I can't keep this a secret anymore. Years ago, Aggie and I... You what? Ed's dumbstruck. And then Ronnie's like, he could be my son. I can't miss out on the possibility of being a granddad. And Ed's like, right, I'm going. Phone calls Aggie later. And she says, yes, I did have a relationship. But it's definitely your baby. Um, Michael is Michael's not, the baby not the baby that's just come out <laughs> and graze <laughs> Mike, so he's outside in the car park and then Michael runs out and he's like oh I'm a 
we're down, we're down, it's a girl. Oh, I'm so happy for Michael. He's so sweet. Oh, he'd be great. He'll be a great dad, won't he? I think he will. He's lovely. Which does make me... Yeah... Anyway, no, we'll come back to it in a minute, go on. So, Grace wakes up in hospital on Friday. Michael's there. She says, oh, oh, is this baby coming so early a punishment for how I treated you last year? No, it's part of a, a racial profiling story, Grace. <laughs> you need to pay more attention. Michael comes home and tells Ed the baby should be off the ventilator soon. So Ed's excited. Um, he phones Aggie. She says, oh, don't throw the marriage away. And he says, oh, I can't look at you the same way anymore. Puts the phone down to answer the door and it's Ronnie with a teddy. And then, um, Ed's like, this is a private matter. Let's go in the street and talk about it really loudly. (laughs) So they argue in the street. James comes out and says, mum's trying to ring you. So Ed tells Aggie that she tricked him into marrying her. And she says, no, all all these bad times we've stuck together. Why would we break up now? We need to stay together. I love you. This marriage is worth saving. Remember the gambling, Ed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, remember the time we got kicked out of our giant fancy swanky house? I had to live in this dump and I never moaned once, apart from all the times I brought it up. Um, Ed says, I want honesty about this. And Aggie says, just forgive and forget, please. Go crying, crying. And then Auntie Corona is on the sofa calling for her to go and be a nurse. So he puts the phone down. Michael calls in a flap and um, Ed's like, don't worry, son. It'll be fine, it'll be fine. So he rushes to the hospital. The baby, this is like, wasn't this like what happened with Ollie? They tried to take the baby off the ventilator and it and it didn't work. They, they, they're doing something wrong there with their ventilators, <laughs> I think. <laughs> the baby couldn't breathe. They won't discharge her until the due date. I told rude. you earlier, and I'm going to say this now, otherwise I might forget later, if this baby ends up dying, which it obviously won't because I'm going to have two dead kids in the space of six months. If they did, then we obviously are going to call this storyline... Hang on, line, the baby's called Glory. Morning Glory. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. so funny. That's horrible. See, this is one of the reasons why you can't call your baby Glory because everyone will be like, Morning Glory, and then they'll be like, Ugh. or they'll be like, Oh, Oasis. Well, it is Manchester, isn't it? Exactly. They're definitely all good. But that would be quite cool to give her um, her first album would be named after her. Yeah. So anyway, they're calling it Glory and Ronnie wants to buy Michael a car. He says, sorry, Ed. And Ed's like, no, leave me alone. Well, Michael hasn't got anywhere to park a car, so... Park it at Fresco's. Ronnie's generous offer. I think he... Didn't he accept it? He just park it somewhere. He did. He thinks it's great. And Ed's like... Yeah, Ed, Ed, um... Ed's not happy because no. he can't Ron, buy Ronnie's car. trying to apologise to Ed for... <laughs> if I was Ed, I'd say, well, buy me a car. <laughs> I'll accept a car as a bribe if you've given him out. What's... So what, what would you... Has, has Ronnie got anything to apologise for? Because, I mean, he... It's not like he cheated on... He, he, he didn't steal Aggie away. There was no affair really or anything. It's just the fact the that they didn't... It, well... If there's such a danger... I'm, that it yeah. could, but Michael could be um, Ronnie's son. Yeah. Then, like, <laughs> first of all, they must have had a shotgun wedding. Now I come to think of it, didn't Ed and Aggie celebrate, like, quite a big wedding anniversary? Yes. Not long ago. Yeah. Is this free? Is this, this has literally just popped into my like head. retconning stuff already? I'm wondering whether they're retconning something. By the way, listen out to our bonus podcast this week where we talk about retcons. retcons and which ones bug us the most. I'm sure that they celebrated like their 40th wedding anniversary or something. Ed, but, Aggie, wedding. Um, 
No, so, so the idea that the, the current um, thinking is that just before Ed started seeing Aggie, she was going out with Ronnie, but it must have been pretty close because... Ronnie reckons that Michael could be his, yeah. which must mean that, you know, Ed got Aggie pregnant on their first date or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 30th wedding anniversary. 30th wedding anniversary. So, he, so, so yeah, that, that makes okay, sense then. So okay. then literally, yeah, but that doesn't make... How old's How Michael? Old's like Michael 31? How supposed to be? He's, I, thought he was, I thought he was about 30. So they literally, wow. so literally, she like, think about it too hard. She shagged somebody's brother, then she shagged the brother, and then she went, "Oh no, I think I'm pregnant." Quickly get married. I thought that Ed and Aggie were good Christian folk. <laughs> That's why they got married quickly. Very yes, it is. It <laughs> um, I also don't understand why there was a secret though about the fact that she had slept with Ronnie. Like, if if you weren't going out with... I think it's one of those things that, like, maybe if, if they'd mentioned it about the time, at the time, we were like, oh, OK, fair do. Yeah, like, but the uh, fact that they haven't yeah. said it for 30 years and the, the longer you leave it, the more awkward it becomes. <laughs> and, and now it's blown up to this. Did, yeah, I mean, I don't know why you would keep this a secret because other people have had things where they've... You know, I was going out with his brother, and then. You well, know. I mean, they're living in the right place. Everyone's had yeah. off with everyone on Coronation yeah. Street, haven't they? When yeah. this big secret comes out, I mean, everyone's going to be like, "Yeah, that's that's how we do things around here. That's how yeah. we roll." I mean, so talking about them getting married so so as soon as they found out that they she, that Aggie was expecting certainly makes sense, considering that we know that they are very they seem to be quite religious and they're also very concerned about their traditional family values of like their extended family who are very judgmental so i mean but still (laughs) people can still count if if i if i went to a wedding and then the couple had a baby like eight months later i go no yeah i know what you did So, I see what happened here. So, so what, what now? <laughs> now this, this um, I suppose thirty years ago it was a bit. I don't know. Was it? <laughs> now this big. Well, I mean, it was like. like sorry to break this to you, Joe, but thirty years ago was only nineteen ninety, and, yeah. and I think maybe things were maybe a little bit more progressive back then. Um, well, my parents weren't married, and I, I was. My mum was. Still, <laughs> my mum was still like tries to. Um, not draw attention to this fact. I know she when she when she met my mum and dad the first time, wasn't it? Didn't they? Didn't she try and like? She said she that said she got the married dates a wrong or something. She said, she, "Yeah, that's funny." Oh um, bless! It's not. It's nothing to be ashamed of at all. What um? What, what's what's your thoughts on the fact that this that the, you know the secret of not affair, this reveal? I mean, it wasn't an affair, it, was it? That's no. the thing. I. I was, ex- yeah, I'm like, say what, really? The, the, the shocking thing, thing is, is that Aggie has been keeping another Bailey secret for all these barely years. A <laughs> it's Bailey a secret. It's Bailey a secret. Yeah, that's what I mean. But Maybe but, this was the secret that she really had a couple of years ago and it turned out that she killed that bloke when yeah. she was a nurse and she really had this. I'm a bit maybe fed up with the Baileys out. having secrets. Michael, Michael, maybe the bloke found out and that's why Aggie oh, killed yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's... That's exactly what happened. But, but, right, here's the other thing, okay? So, so they slept together. We don't know why they broke it off, okay? But Aggie seems to really, really hate Ronnie, doesn't she? And Ronnie, I don't know whether she hates... Ronnie's, hate... like, known that he could possibly be the father of Michael this whole time. Mm. And he's kept it away. But suddenly now he's got a grandkid on the horizon. He's suddenly interested. But he wasn't interested in Tiana, He's like, no, I've read the script. That's not even a real... 
That's not even your real baby. Yeah, where was Ronnie all that time when when uh, he could have been a father, a grandfather before? Good point. Well, he could have been a father before he was a grandfather. He didn't mm. seem to show any interest. Yeah. So what? Why does um, Why does Aggie hate him so much? Did he treat yeah. her badly, or is it just because she doesn't like him? It's hanging around like the reminder because I mean, she, yeah, she's it's the worried. reminder because she she, she has said but that she, she says doesn't she's like totally him. Certain that it's not his baby. Yeah, I don't know how she can be know. that sure. I, I I you know I'm led to believe that women know these things. No, they but... don't. <laughs> it's like when people go, all oh, women can tell whether it's a boy or a girl. Well, no, don't talk rubbish. Oh, to how high um, the baby is. Oh, shut up. It's. <sighs> So Aggie has said that she doesn't like Ronnie because of she makes he's a bad influence. Yeah, he's a bad influence. And maybe it is mostly that. And and like you said, it's it's the reminder. I mean, is I think if there was something more sinister than that, like, you know, Ronnie beat her around a bit or something, we'd probably know that by now because of these conversations that Ed and Aggie were having, these quite heartfelt conversations over the video phone this week, I would have thought that things like that might have come out i mean i don't i don't know whether aggie was saying anything to try and get ed to stay with her and if if she needed to say oh yeah he was he roughed me up a bit then she probably would have done i don't i don't know know, because 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 then maybe he would have thought oh my my wife i need to come and protect you i I don't know The the drama, I guess, is just that there's been this secret, and Ed's now saying, well, "I can't, I can't look at you in the same way." You've been, and and to be honest, it, it is a big secret to. The thing is, though, keep. it's only a big secret, really, if, um, she thinks that Michael might not be his baby, because if yeah. they got, if she got together with Ronnie and they literally slept together once, and then she just didn't think she's like, I'm not going to bring this up because I don't know how this is going to go. Then they got married and everything. She's like, oh, how am I supposed to bring this up now? It doesn't even matter. Mm. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like, what? Are you, at what point do you really need to say this? Yeah, if there if so there was long? nothing else, the story would just go. Ed would end up forgiving her. I mean, that's how they do it. Is isn't she, it? But yeah. Often when people get these revelations, when characters do, they if she was to say, I I always wondered if Michael was yours. That would be a completely different thing to me, and I'd be like, Aggie, are you a cow? Mm. You shouldn't have kept this from him. That's really awful. But the fact that she's like, no, no, and I don't know how she can be sure. Honestly, but if she's sure, and it's not just wishful thinking then fine. But if she's just pretending to herself that it, she's definitely sure, then, you know, she she shouldn't have kept, kept yeah, this to herself. Yeah, I mean, there's the, there's the simple DNA test, isn't there? That, that can... Do you think it's going to turn out that he is really oh, Michael's ha- dad? I, I, I hope not. I, re- I, I don't want Ronnie to be Michael's no, dad. No, I don't. But then but if... I can't see why he's gonna, how he's going to be stay in it if he's not. No, I mean, who do you think is going to go for the DNA test? Will it be Ed or will it be Ronnie? Because it, it feels it'll to me Ronnie. like it'll be Ronnie, yeah. that he wants to kind of prove it now. And and will he get the DNA test from Michael or will he going to sneak in there and get a bit of, what bit of glory say? DNA? Yeah. You know, get the cotton swab, stick it in the glory hole. No, Michael, then... Michael, this is why you don't call your kid glory. <laughs> and then stick it in the testing kit. I don't know. Um, yeah, mate. Yeah, I think I think it'll be him, but... Maybe he'll find out that the baby isn't his, but he'll say that it is. I don't know. I don't know. I feel bad for Michael I, because this I, is another if, example if, if of it him turns having out, a baby and it all goes wrong. If it turns out that Ronnie is really Michael's dad, I'll be really disappointed. But it is true that it's like, you know, 
he, he Ed's still his dad. Ed's still the one that brought yeah. him up, and Ronnie's just his biological dad, and, and yada yada yada. But I I couldn't imagine being in that situation. But I mean, I know lots of people do, and increasingly number of people on Coronation Street to now realise <laughs> that the person they thought they'd had actually isn't. They just need to form a little club, like yeah, the, the like Michael and, and Emma and uh, double dads and and, and Carla and everybody. Um, yeah, so it. I don't know. I don't know whether it could just turn out to be nothing in the end. But yeah, I I I I don't like the idea of I, I they're they're just a nice family, aren't they? And I know they're not, you know, the most exciting thing on Coronation Street at the moment. But one thing I do appreciate the Baileys for is that they're a a, a strong bonded family unit, which are a few and far between. I mean, the other one at the moment, I suppose, is Fizz and Tyrone, which is also... Going kaput. uh, Yeah, a little bit at the moment. So, you know, as a a proponent for traditional family values, I say, (laughs) let's keep the Baileys together, please, because they haven't got a lot going for them, but there is that at least. But honestly, I can't see why, like, why would they introduce this character and then not have him be the dad? Because... If they're trying Just to, to extend, the the I know, but if they're trying to extend the Bailey family, this is the perfect way of doing it to have him be Michael's dad. Mm. That's what that's what I keep thinking. Oh, that'd be so sad. Yeah, I, I don't Michael. like it. I love Michael. He's so sweet. I, I think honestly, I think that um, Ronnie's a bit of a wrongin. Really, I think Ed's a better dad. I mean, he, he's a bit of a schmoozer, isn't he? <laughs> he's a Thinks bit he can throw charmer, money at yeah. something. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't dislike him. Well, I don't. He's, no, but he's a bad influence, isn't he? Yes. And yeah, where was he? And, and James was saying, "Oh, these birthdays, he's he's missed." Mm. If he really thinks that Michael's his dad and uh, <laughs> his son, and he's thought this all all along, why has he been so crap and not and not tried to do anything about it before? Now that's what I just keep. I guess he's just to. been staying away because Aggie's, you know, warned him off or something. I don't know. Well, did, speaking of Aggie, how did you feel about her um, virtual presence on the show this week? I kind of like... I couldn't decide whether I liked it or not. I, I think, think it, it kind of did. I, I like the fact that there, it's realistic in that this is something that people have experienced with their families being separated because of lockdown or makes yeah. sense. But um, I think they need to really sort out the quality of the sound because I couldn't understand a lot of what she was saying. It was like Debbie and Kevin in the freezer all over again. And I, I really want to know how they filmed it. I know that they showed us how, oh, this is how we filmed the Tyrone and Alina thing. I don't know how did, I'm sure it's a really boring answer, but what, was she literally in her own house? I, I mean, th- this is this is partly the problem. I'm kind of thinking, are they doing this because Lorna has got to be, you know, away or isolating or something? And then that takes me out of the show a little bit because we haven't seen a whole lot of her on the, on the programme the moment is there a particular reason why she couldn't be there on the show and I felt that on Monday's episode which I don't think any of Aggie there was any Aggie in there at all it it felt like she was missing and she's you know would it be any different if about people's health would it be no no I know but would it be any different if she was actually there in person does the fact that she's distant from Ed make the situation more harrowing I think it's better because she she can she has to completely act at Ed's mercy, and she can't just be nagging at him all the time. Well, both of the phone calls that she had with him, neither of them said goodbye to each other today. No. It was him just putting the phone down on her. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it feels, yeah, quite you know modern, and this is the world we're living in at the moment with lots more video calls and things. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm kind of enjoying it in that way, but it is yeah, taking, it out, taking me out of it a little bit with me wondering, are they doing this because... But um, apart from that, no, it was, I thought it was quite a... Quite a nice week for family bonding with the Baileys. I thought this was, you know, one of the 
one of their better weeks that they've had in the nearly two years that they've been on the show. It's just a shame that it comes at a time when they, they may be splitting up, I guess. No, um, do you think they're going to split up? No, no this I don't is think right. so. I, I think that they're going to. I think they're going to make it through this. Yeah, they've got to. I mean, to be honest, if if they do split up, maybe I mean that the Baileys might you know integrate with people that aren't the Baileys <laughs> because they they are feeling very very is insular the right word? It's like they've they like they've got their own little show. They rent like, out space on Coronation <laughs> yeah, Street like to have their own events. Contracting out, yeah. <laughs> Like a little kiosk in a mall. <laughs> Literally, they don't have any scenes with anyone who's not <laughs> a Bailey, weird. do well, they? Well, no, they had, a, they had a scene in the Rovers when um, Ronnie was telling a story about his life and it was really Bridget Jones's diary, which is obviously his favourite oh, yeah, movie. That was, that, that was that at was Jenny. And, yeah, yeah. That was in that scene, yeah. that was funny. But yeah, they, they just don't, they're not friends with anyone. Even, even that, they brought Paul into it recently, didn't they? As, as his oh, little builder's good. apprentice. That was really refreshing. And it, it, but now it's, it's back to being just Bailey's yeah. again. It was funny though, because because... It, you really didn't realise how much they don't really talk to anybody else until Paul turns up. It's like, oh, yeah. Paul's their little minion. Going back to Aggie again, I, f- I did feel bad that she hasn't been able to see the baby. I know. That's so sad. Baby Bailey. Yeah. Um, what else? Racial stereotyping still rumbling it's along profiling, there. profiling, isn't it? What did I well? say? Oh, profiling. That's what I mean. I wrote stereotyping. <laughs> it was not stereotyping oh, at all. Well, it is I'm, I'm mixing of. my... Uh, well, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, um, racial profiling is the word. So that's, I mean, I that's twice not... that there's been explicit racial profiling. Racial profiling? <laughs> racial profiling Rachel. on Coronation Street now. Um, yes. I, I don't know whether it's going to turn into a story or not, or whether, like we've talked about in recent weeks, it's, it's just, just a thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad I haven't seen very much... Very much uh, or even any, I don't think, people say, oh, why have they put that in? Uh, yeah because it does happen and um it does i mean it was all very contrived with grace being locked up in the security guards room at yeah, the but moment that, that she has goes happened into... to somebody i looked, did look this up and there were quite a few different cases of pregnant women who, who of color being um detained illegally and put somewhere where they couldn't get out which is wrong and you i, I don't even actually think you're allowed to do that even mm. if you're not pregnant, I think they can't really. No, I don't think you can. I don't think they got any. They have no power over guard. you. No. A security guard in the shop has no more power over you than anybody else. Yeah. And if they, the only thing they can do to you is um, citizen arrest you. And if they are wrong, they get in such incredible trouble that they would never bother doing it. Mm, okay. Well, there we go. I, I thought that was all right this week. I, I didn't. I wasn't like you know on the edge of my seat we'll or see, anything. Look. But I found it quite pleasant. I hope that the storyline's given the time it needs because you know knowing the Baileys, they'll be over you know a week on and then we won't see it again for a month. I, I want them to to give it a go. I feel so sorry for Michael because he's so excited about being a dad and he wants to get everything right and perfect. And then poor the poor baby is is catapulted into the world because of some racist security guard. And he was already worried when mm. he was talking about Tiana before, saying, you know, what kind of world are we bringing the baby up yeah, in? Yeah, he was. And then, and then he's, you know, he, here it is again. Mm. Speaking of cat, just a mini little mini segue. I know I've been asking for more cats on Coronation Street, <laughs> but I could do without seeing Ronnie's wife again. She didn't really do anything for me. I don't know. I mean, what's the point of her? What is the point of her other than to precipitate the reveal of this she affair? She was just there to I sort of know. go, yeah, you. 
I don't I don't think I need to see her again really. She but... was okay, but she didn't inspire anything in me particularly. No, not really. She's just like, okay, you guys should get divorced. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. Tyrone has a pop then. Oh god. <laughs> Another was... story that people it have seen coming. This is this has been like you've been standing on the train tracks and this storyline has been coming at <laughs> you and you try and get out of the way but you just can't, you know, it's inevitable. Yeah. And and this, like the um the you know Ronnie what they story. Say, just what? lie down and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> back in the of England or Greece maybe imagine Why you get married not? there um, this was another story that was um, previewed at the press event that I did back in oh. February so um, I, there's no more embargoes on that now I did check the other day so the people that are involved in the chat were Will Meller who I th- did we see any of him this week I can't remember whether we did or not yeah. oh yeah we, no, me, yeah we did a little bit with him oh. him in the end didn't we maybe it was that Friday know. I don't know we'll find out in a minute so there was him that was there there was Vinter Morgan that was there who plays right. Ronnie and he's very excited about being on Coronation Street oh. I do love it when they're all happy about um, And that. also like, Gen- lovely, lovely Jenny McAlpine, who's just like one of my favourite people ever in the, on the Coronation Street car. She's so fantastic. So Aww. for my, um, my first press event with Coronation Street to have the lovely Jenny was just lovely. And uh, there's, there are still, there's still a few things that I know that are going to happen in this storyline. Um, but yeah, I have known for, for quite a while now, if it wasn't um, obvious already, that this affair was definitely going to happen. But and they haven't had an affair yet. They just had a kiss. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we, I, I call this... You're right. It, it, it is not an affair. I'm not saying that, what, that you know, one way or the other, this, this, this relationship, I, I literally don't know what when it's going to turn When I think of, like, um, like, cheating on somebody, it's like, you know, you have, maybe you have sex or you, you kiss somebody. Kiss on a bench. Um, but an affair sort of implies sort of a lot more torrid. lying and sneaking around and yeah, going to the garage late at night. Serial, serial dating. Yeah, but I, I'd heard a bit about this this Greek wedding. That was one of the things that was mentioned. And um, oh gosh, I love Tyrone and Fizz so much as a couple. And I know that it's completely irrational and everybody else hates them, but I really, really love them. Don't you think everybody and this hates is so, them? This is so sad to me that they're possibly them. going to be broken up. And I really, really hope that they do not get broken up over this. And even even Jenny herself in the interview was saying, oh yeah, I I, I don't want Tyrone and Fizz to split no. up either. And, and, oh, and, she was, and people, I think one of the questions that was asked was like, oh, so what do you think people are going to are going to say about it and, and she's uh, I'll tell you one thing that they're going to say is that they're all going to take Tyrone's side because they always seem to take Tyrone's side and things like this and never my side and I'm like I'll take your side Jenny <laughs> um, but yeah there, there is one thing and I'm not going to I'm not going to say what it was that she mentioned that's coming up and I think I mentioned it to you as well in this story that I'm um, I am actually quite intrigued to watch but um, I won't say anything more about that. I hate it when you say things. I've told you already what, what it is. Oh God. I've told you what it is. I'll what tell you again it? later. It's not, it's not a spoiler at all but I don't want to say it on here. Right, so um, Monday then, Tyrone sees Alina working at her Pop Dead Gorgeous website. That's the name of her nail company that she's putting together. And she's got herself a client who she's going to work for free for as long as they put a picture on their Insta to say what lovely nails they've got. Um, and, and basically, the, to cut a long story short, in that scene, Tyrone keeps accidentally complimenting her. Um Jenny in the Rovers later is wondering aloud why Fizz and Tyrone aren't married yet, as have we all since, you know, how long's it been? Five years, their engagement? How long were we engaged? We were engaged for like... Engaged for ages because we were saving up. Yeah, we we must have been engaged for like... Two years? Three years? I don't know. It was at the start of my PGCE, yeah. Two years. Two years we were engaged. It felt... 
felt longer. It than felt that. longer than that. But didn't that's it? because we were like, let's get married almost as soon as we met each other. Basically. So like we were like <laughs> seconding, yeah, isn't it? Long... Within months of going out, we just, we agreed that one day we'd probably get married, and then we didn't get engaged for like four years yeah. after that, yeah. and then two years after yeah. that we got married. Yeah. So it's been maybe the time span's been similar to this. But anyway, that that kind of gets put to bed for a little bit this week, um, and we go back to Tyrone, who is spends all day on Monday being distracted by Alina's website on his phone um, and he's, he's got a little bit of an obsessive crush it seems. Um, Wednesday Alina tells Tyrone that she needs to get a car for her business and uh, th- th- again um, talk about um, contrived so it turns out that Alina's really into cars everybody she's a real motorhead um, and and who knew that? And this didn't come up during the time that she was living at number thirteen or anything. But Tyrone, after the whole dog thing last week, the shoehorned in. Alina really loves dogs. Now she likes cars as well. Next minute, she's going to be like, "Oh, Tyrone, who's that photo of that nice old couple? I used to know someone like that when I lived in Romania. They're called Jack and Vera." Yeah. Oh. You know them too? How amazing! It, I can't think of very much else that you know. What is Ty, what does Tyrone like apart from cars and dogs? I um, really like beer. Yeah, mate. Oh, did, this is so didn't, wonderful. Didn't Tyrone say something to her this week? Like, if you if you like beer and Weathy County, then you'd be the perfect woman. I can't remember if that was Monday or Wednesday that he said that, but it wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't end up, you know, coming. Yeah. Up one of those green oh, tops look, it's James week. Bailey. It's the best one. <laughs> um, anyway, the car that she ends up getting is um, uh, gets broken or something. I don't, I don't understand it's cars. Tyrone's not going to want to have an affair with me. <laughs> Smoke's God. coming out the front of it. Thank God, So Michael, she brings it to the worried. garage to sort out. You can have an affair with Fizz. No. Well, while he's having an affair with Alina. <laughs> Who are you having an affair with? I'm just at home playing my PlayStation, <laughs> enjoying peace and quiet. So there's, there's, there's more of Tyrone being impressed by Alina's newly acquired in-depth car knowledge later. Oh, do you think it's oh, this, oh, yeah, this is the, the, this is the time chef. where she says that if she liked beer and football, she'd be perfect. And then they have some oily nose jollities later oh, where yeah. she's like, oh, you have got oil on your nose. Oh, so oh you've I. got oil on your nose too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably they've probably been Eskimo kissing, haven't they? Um, Tyrone gets home later, and Fizz says, "Right, I booked an appointment to get our affairs in order." Because I found out, and you're gonna. Simon's <laughs> so like, "Hang on a minute, this is giving a bit previous. You can read the next week's script." No, they they need to sort out what is it where their money goes to or something. Well, she no, says it's they... called adulting, and Tyrone says, "Oh, you're so boring. I'm gonna go and own an affair." Yeah, I don't need to adult. Yeah, Friday. Um, so, uh, Alina goes. I mean, to... really, the, the the time to get your affairs in order would have been the beginning of the pandemic. Mm? If you were, yeah. if, you, if at any point you were considering, you'd probably be when everyone was th- thought we were all going to be dead. Mm. Well. Doesn't matter. And Now's she also. Time. Oh, correct. Sorry. No, I was going to say. So Friday, she's she got a little present for him or something. I, I'm not really sure. She she went. Alina for Ty. Alina for Tyrone. So she goes over to the garage, and when she pops out, Emma's there in the flat because it's it's back to Emma and Seb and Alina in that hairdresser's flat again. And Emma says to Seb, "How's, how's things going on the old romance front?" Because a couple of weeks ago. Or was it last week? I don't even remember. Seb overheard Alina saying that there's someone that she's got her eye on, and he thought that it was him mm-hmm. and he realizes yeah things are you know moving a bit slowly there so i'm gonna step things up a bit and ask her around for some lunch today um so alina goes to the garage and you can tell that she's you know she, she's um you know wants, wants to 
attracts Tyrone's attentions because she's there like checking herself out in the wing mirror of one and of the cars. She's got a very elaborately lacy yellow dress on. Oh, and, and sleeves. Oh god, I hate those <laughs> horrible sleeves. That, yeah, it's just like you're um, gonna dribble that all in your tripe soup. Good for wiping your nose on. You can get a really yeah. nice long streak on those sleeves. Ah. Anyway, um, t- she's. Fizz comes marching along and's like, oh, you lady, you're naughty or something. Yeah, she's like, oh, no, you're fucking I can't remember what she said, but anyway, she's just joking. Um, so she, she starts talking Alina's ear off and Alina makes her excuses when Ty, when she sees Seb walking down the road. So she goes over to him and it ends up with Seb persuading Alina to have a chat and a catch-up at lunchtime today. So um, Fizz comes over to bring Tyrone his lunch later and it's a horrible pickle-lily sandwich because she wanted to finish off the jar and if that doesn't push him into having a torrid affair with Alina then I don't know what That's will. That's just because you hate pickles even though no, you don't. he said that he wasn't happy with the pickle-lily sandwich. Um, and she also reminds Tyrone about this will meeting with Adam later and then Alina uh, shows up, perks Tyrone right up but she scurries off because she's got to go and have this lunch with um Seb, and, it, and it's this, uh, this Romanian tripe and meatballs soup dish or something. It's not and meat- unsurprisingly, it's soup. she's just not into it, and she's a bit of, ty- of Romanian white wine as well. And he says, Right, I want to be more than just friends here, Alina, because we were quite good friends together, aren't we? But, you know, we used to have a thing, and it chance that we could reignite that flame, and she, she extinguishes it, sadly. I, any man that is going to cook tripe for you, <laughs> I know, it's you like... should keep him. <laughs> Even though I don't want to eat Keep it him, dump him. No, because he's willing to touch disgusting tripe. No, it's yes. Um Anyway, so, so she's... Know what? That tripe soup is one of, um, one of the most beloved of Romanian recipes. Is that true? Are you looking this up? Tripe soup is one of the most beloved Romanian soups. It is usually eaten during holidays or on special occasions. Grim. Served with steaming, steaming hot with hot pepper, garlic, sour cream and horseradish... This is from chefspencil.com. Oh, no wonder she didn't want any. One of the secret ingredients of tripe soup is the preparation of the tripe. Anyway, it all gets <laughs> a little. It all gets a little bit awkward when he realizes that she is not. No, that she. Yeah, he realizes that he's not the prob the person that she's been having this crush on these past few weeks. So she ends up leaving. Um, then we have our our, our not. Our socially distanced, but it didn't look like it's socially distanced, bench-sitting scene between Tyrone and Alina over on Martin's bench in the Victoria Gardens. And um, our Corrie just needs to not do that. I found it very it, unconvincing. and I, um, It was really difficult to put your finger on what it was, and I don't know whether it was just a case of, I know they're not sitting next to each other, so my brain won't process the fact that they're sitting next to each other. Maybe it did look realistic, but my brain is like, they're not next to each other. No, no, I don't think... I think that it look. I don't think they had their eyes were looking right place. So it? they what they did was they had these like beanbag things, didn't they, with mm. a stick? And yeah, because there was a making I, of on the on the social media. Yeah, and sticking it, and then th- there was an, there was a pair of like plastic eyes. It looks like or like a little. Place. There was some, there was something. Uh, and um, so, so they had something line. to look at, but I don't think it was in the right place because they both. Didn't look like they were looking. The characters looked like they were looking past each other, and and it must be really difficult. But listen, it's weird because the depth of their eyeline looked wrong. How do you tell they were looking at each other from the side? But it can't be because they were looking at the the thing that was in the position that the other person would have been in. It just isn't. I I don't know what it is. I literally, it it feels to me like my 
my brain is shouting out that it's not real, yeah. so it refuses to believe it. Um, they just need to not do it. But don't and I don't Burt know whether in EastEnders, where they do this kind of thing all the time, whether people are whether people notice it there or because they do it more often, you kind of forget about it. But because it's still very rare when it happens in Coronation Street, they just need to not. Uh, what were you going to say? Um, you told me to listen. Um, well, you've watched other things where you know it's not real, but it doesn't look fake. It's, I mean, honestly, mm. this is really rude of me to say, but... The blimmin' dragons in Game of Thrones looked like they were more realistic and they interacted with them more realistically than Alina and Tyrone. I don't know why, because then there's not much to go wrong, really, is there? I know. I know. They didn't need to be sitting that close to each other. It felt like a waste of time. Mm. Anyway. Because honestly, they weren't having an affair before before they kissed each other, or they weren't, you know, cheat. That like in real life, you're still not supposed to sit close to somebody. <laughs> so why were they sitting so close? Unless they, they oh, were already they have different rules in Weatherfield. To... We've had that, haven't okay, we? Okay, Michael. With their masks on and off and everything. Right, oh, everybody! You... I accidentally walked into a shop with my mask off. Today. <laughs> I got told off by security guard, so it was comic relief today. And I, uh, we, we were told at school that we had to dress up in funny clothes. So I decided to dress with my clothes on backwards today, um, and I woke Gemma up at. When was it? Half past five this morning to do my shirt up backwards and help so me put a tie hard. on backwards. And you'd only been to, in bed for about 45 minutes or so, hadn't you? Anyway, so I was going to the shop after school today and, and I was so um, caught up in trying to hide the fact that my clothes were backwards. Like my my coat was zipped right up to my chin and uh, and, and pulled down so because my belt was on backwards and everything. I forgot to put my, my mask on and I walked in there and the security guard's like, you're going to put your mask on, mate. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I completely forgot. So I had to rush out and it's very embarrassing. Anyway, um, Tyrone gets told by Alina that she is falling for him. Um, and uh, they have a little kiss. She leans in for a kiss for him. And um, then he he kind of leaps away and he pretends he's, like he's not interested. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. I didn't lead you on. And, and she runs off. So um, he comes home later to find Adam with Fizz having their little will meeting. He he claims that he's forgotten about, and I think he had. I think that his um he's been temporarily distracted by Alina going in for a snog, and um Fizz Fizz remarks that Tyrone's looking a bit peaky as well. So this will meeting basically boils down to the fact that um because they're not married, any assets that they have will not necessarily automatically be transferred to the other person if one of them should die isn't it so basically adam says you need to make a will and fizz is like well why don't we just get married because we have been engaged for rather a long time and tyrone's like well you know i don't think we should just you know get a quickie marriage at a register office just for practical reasons we always said that if we were going to get married we'd we'd go over to greece like in mamma mia which i think is a lovely romantic idea to be honest and um, she understands, and he he and and this is when he makes his hasty exit because he's got something to sort out, um, which is meeting Alina in the garage, and he says to her that he's sorry for his reaction earlier. He's just not been able to think about anything else since, and um, it's a shame because when he leapt up and was like, "No, no, no, I didn't want this," I was half thinking, "Yeah, go, yeah, Tyrone, you weren't, were you? Don't." Don't go for an affair, please. We don't want to see this. But now he's like saying, actually, I think I kind of do. And I haven't been able to take my mind off of you. But she's at the same time saying, oh, no, I don't want to break up your family. It was a moment of madness. 
and uh, mamma mia. <laughs> yeah, no, you're Italian. <laughs> yeah, so it's my meatball is in, <laughs> in my tripe soup. <laughs> and that, so she says, look, we need to forget about this. And he says that he can't. Meanwhile, Fizz is back at number... Where do they live? I always, <laughs> I always miss up. Nine? Nine. I'm going to say nine. With um, Chesney. And, um, and, and she's saying, I think that me and Tyrone have, have lost our spark. Um, I think maybe Tyrone's gone off me. So so Ches says, look, you just need to do something to spice things up in your relationship, which she does. She um she looks online to find some Greek wedding um packages. Packages, she, exactly. She books it did on she the did she actually card. she book it? Did she she? Oh yeah, yeah, she card. did, didn't she? So um yeah, she's she's all excited about the the prospect of getting married to Tyrone in Greece. Um little does she know that he's going to be... What, a dirty dog? Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, he is, isn't he? He's, he's on it's our nomination list for this year. Anyway, um, so that was that. So, um, affair then, Gemma. Boo! Boo! Oh, I'm so sad also, about Also, why this. we're I'm really sad about blimmin this. Alina as well. Oh, man. She's such... We were talking about her earlier. Well, she's not... I she's mean, a wet blanket. She's, a, she's, the, she's so wet blanket, is Alina. And... and for like a like a really nice spicy affair story, you kind of need one of them to have a bit of bit you of know, fire in them, don't they? Yeah, yeah like... you know the femme fatale that tempts the tempts the man oh, away. Oh yeah, it's but... always the woman's fault. Or or, or you know, or the opposite. Or like a blo- like. Well, it's yeah, not Tyrone, is so it? Much. Yeah, I mean they're so they're so drippy. The pair of them, like, oh, should we have an affair? Oh no. T- t- no, Tyrone. I I wouldn't say that Tyrone is a drip. He's just he is a drip. He's just he's, he's very safe and granddaddy, yeah, so isn't what? he? That means he's a drip. But I think, but, but what, he just suits Fizz. I love him? Tyrone and Fizz together. Okay. I don't get. I, I mean, yeah. Oh, there's an attraction of a younger woman that's showing a bit of interest in me, and oh, she likes football and dogs. That's quite convenient. But <laughs> I, do, I've not had the impression at all. And I know they've been trying to build this up a little bit in the program, but I've not had the impression at all that things are going so badly between him no. and Fizz that he would even, you know, well, think, think twice think about to... this affair. It needs it doesn't need to be like something bad's happening it's just um like he's he's stuck in a race it's a midlife crisis yeah yeah story isn't it this basically? reminds me of tina and peter yeah i know the age gap is so wide and the they couldn't be more unsuited to one another and i can't see any chemistry between them i don't know what they see in each other they're so different just because somebody likes cars and dogs doesn't mean that they that you want to jump in bed with them. Well, the 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 fact that they are so different has meant that they've had to invent these reasons why they might like each other, which is the cars and dogs thing, isn't it? Mm. Like nobody's nobody would ever look at those two and say, "Oh yeah, they'd make a they'd make a sexy young couple." I ship Tyrone and Alina. Oh, it's it's just oh, it's really really ridiculous, and um, I mean. <sighs> And people say, oh, would Tyrone do this? Is this in his character? And I know that he slept with Gemma a few years ago, didn't he? But that that's another one where I think... I was hoping you'd uh, forget. Uh, not you. Um, so, so if somebody would say, no, this is very much in Tyrone's character, he slept with Gemma, in my head, it's like, well, the only reason he did that was to create some kind of storyline for Jenny McAlpine coming back off of maternity leave. It was ridiculous then, and it's ridiculous to look back on now. At his heart, Tyrone, I think, is... A, a very loyal you know I know that he was I know that he had a secret thing with Fizz while he was going out with Kirsty, but she was whacking him over the head with, with the hoovers you've got to cut him a bit of slack there <laughs> I just I just 
blind to any criticism of Tyrone and Fizz. Your just just because I see so much criticism of them and it just makes me double down on wanting to protect them. And it, I'm so, oh, I'm so, so sad. You're really mad about this. I'm really, oh, yeah, I am. And I, I like that they've got a story and they haven't had a story since the Jade stuff. And I, I don't think that this is going to be the end for them. Oh, but oh, the, the heartbreak that poor Fizz is going to go. Maybe I'll enjoy it. But I don't want to hate enjoy Tyrone. <sighs> because I like, the, I like the family. Maybe, enjoy what? Uh, maybe, I'll like, maybe I'll enjoy the storyline because it is a Tyrone and Fizz storyline. Oh. Um, and may, maybe I'll enjoy it because we'll get to see Fizz being upset and heartbroken and I'll oh, be able to yeah. go, oh, Fizz, that's so sad. And it'll make me feel something because it's a character I'm so invested in. And some, I mean, after these characters that I don't really give two hoots about, if they're sad, I'm like, stop crying. But with Fizz, <laughs> it's like, oh, that is going to be so sad. But do you, but do you, what do you think? Do you think Fizz is the sort of person who's, I mean, is just going to blub or is she going to... I think she'll be cry, cry, cry and Tessany and Gemma will take her side and everyone will hate Tyrone. Because Fizz, Fizz has got some fire in her, hasn't she? I know, she? but this is I mean, if you humiliating. Think about, it's, it's utterly, yeah, it's totally humiliating. Because, because but... of the age difference and the fact that... Alina is so sort of pretty and innocent and stuff. You wouldn't, you would feel, yeah, humiliated if if that was if you were Fizz and you could. It's kind of like what happened with, um, John Stape, mm. all over again because yeah. that was Fizz and Rosie. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, that's a really good example. Actually, Thank John you. John going off with Rosie and the age gap wasn't quite so pronounced. No, it wasn't there. really the age gap. But I, I think was... that Fizz must have some kind of self confidence <laughs> problems well, in a yeah. way, uh, and and so this is just going to bring that to the fore again. Because she thinks but... she's got a nice, happy, cozy home with a guy who appreciates her for who she is, and then it turns you turn around and she's lusting after this young, yeah. sexy, skinny lady, and oh, you're supposed to not like feel your nose put out of joint or feel like he's actually a shallow asshole, mm-hmm. and you're not sexy enough for him. I, I hope that Fizz stands up to Alina. I I, I, the, I don't want her to just blub. Said, I want to see a bit of crying. So, you, so this is definitely... You think this is definitely going to go further then because I... Th- it I, feels like it's, it is because he I, wants it to now. And we she were, she was the one that was showing interest before and now she's saying, oh, no, no, we can't. And he was, <laughs> he was trying to resist. But now he said, I can't. So the fact that she has done for a little while and he's now saying, I can't not i think it feels like it's going to go that way so i I hope that you know fizz grabs her by the hair and drags her down the cobbles and slings her out and there's something even worse about a woman who will say oh we can't because your family and your children i can't do that to them and then does it anyway there's something worse about that than Mm. someone who's like i don't care it's not my problem i did you does it feel at all to you like the writer's desperately trying to do something with Alina because they brought this character in during the slavery storyline and then they brought her back instead of Jan, who is the one that obviously Much should better. have been brought back. Although when they brought back Alina, I think we were both quite pleased. Because well, yeah, we liked but her she in the was nice and now she's a horrible cow. But she, I don't think she is horrible. She's just uh, boring. She's having an affair. That's pretty exciting. Not yet, she's not. She, she just comes across as being a bit boring and is this well, they, their way yeah, of trying to make her interesting? Boring. But it, it doesn't really. No, it doesn't. Um, well, I forgot what this we were was... saying. I don't know, but this this story has been pl- played out a billion times before on this soap and all the other soaps, where a couple may be going through a bit of a, r- a rough patch, and then 
one of them decides to go off and have an affair, and the other one then decides to do something really elaborate. Oh, yeah, they're blissfully him. ignorant yeah, about like, what's oh, going on. wait for them to find out this great thing that I'm doing. Yeah, surprise party. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah something so like that. And then usually the affair will be revealed at the event or... Yeah. I hope she, I hope she didn't pay the full amount up front. <laughs> I, I hope that she can forgive him for, if anything for the sake of the girls and I think that not having oh, the Ruby girls. the girls I think not having Herp and Ruby as part of this story because obviously the actresses can't be in it it seems at the moment because of Covid everyone that's, knows children are immune that's kind of it feels like they should be and you know they need to have the scene where, Ro- where Tyrone comes home and Ruby's Daddy. like Draw you a picture of us as it's a happy me, family together. You, you know that again. Uh, it's it's, it's, right, it's so cliche. But <laughs> yeah. if, if if they go through this whole story without <laughs> Hope and Ruby appearing on screen at all, it's gonna feel weird. And even Evelyn, because we we learned today that Evelyn's off jet setting with um oh, yeah. with James, her friend yeah. James that we last saw a couple of years ago. Again, she she is needed, and yeah. and maybe in the original right, draft yeah. of this story, Evelyn was in it, but Maureen's decided that she can't be in the show at the moment until she's she's had a vaccine, which is fair play. She must have had it by now. In fact, maybe, yeah, I guess so, but maybe she wants a second dose or something. Well, I, I don't, her, I don't her partner died, so I don't. Yeah, I, I know, but it, no. it just it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. There, it really, really feels like there's three people missing from this. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was laughing then because you said about um, Fizz, um, Hope and Ruby like drawing a picture mm. of the family. Alina's so young; you can just imagine him seeing these drawings and going around to see Alina. She's like, "Oh, Tyrone, I drew a picture of us together. <laughs> <laughs> I use my special crayons." <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I, I am so, so conflicted with this story. I can't I like... believe that we've been banging on about them, n- not getting married, and why are they engaged and not married, and nobody seemed to listen or care. Like, we even had people saying, oh, it doesn't matter, or like, well, do you remember when they called each other husband and wife at one point, and I was saying, well, you're not, they're not even, how have they, how did that even get in the script? It's really weird. And now they're finally d- d- doing something about it, and it's like, nope, we're going to ruin it. Do you think that they will get over this and be married by the end of the I year. I hope so. They're not getting married in Greece, that's for sure. I, they're not, no. I really, really hope so. I she, Tyrone needs to, you know, have his knackers cut off for this, but then maybe sewn back on by the end of the year. Oh, lovely. And, and get married, because I... You I, can keep them as a little purse. I, I do not want the lovely... Like the Baileys. I don't want the lovely family unit of Tyrone, there Fizz, needs Hope to and be, Ruby to be split up. Um, I love them. There needs to be some kind of... Amnesty nice on breaking up couples on this program. They need to stop doing it for like a year. They do. It's it, it, it's like Brian Pyatt at the bowl rolling, didn't he? When he was like, "Who's been together the longest? Let's split them up." Yeah. And now it feels drama, like, drama. So yeah, it's like there's a ticking time bomb. Mm. So yeah, I conflicted is is my word to describe how I feel about this story. I'm. Mm. <laughs> Oh right. dear. Gemma, you, you, you go on. What's, what's Leanne and Co been up to this week? So Leanne's done herself up all party on Monday. She tells Simon she's off to see Harvey and she's going to be persuasive about <laughs> it. I, I did wonder whether she was going to be, you well, know, persuasive well, in inverted well, commas. Like, she's a prof- she has been a professional, so I can imagine that she might try to seduce him and then just give him the bill. And it would be like, this is, oh, how strange, Harvey. This is exactly how much I owe you. Mm. Let's just cool the whole thing off. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she did look nice. She had her hair all 
Yeah, she did. She or had wavy. To, she she was brushing her hair and really and drying it in a really weird way at the beginning of the episode, and I don't think that's how she achieved that look. It was very weird. <laughs> so R. Kelly's in the hospital. She's feeling sorry for herself. She's had a drug, doesn't don't she? Don't forget. Yeah, she had an overdose earlier in the she week. Had a bad last week. Yeah. Simon shows up and she thinks he's there to threaten her, and he says, "No, no, no. Um, I was desperate when I sold you the drugs. Uh, I feel really bad for that you nearly died." I'll take whatever's coming to to me if you want to report me to the police. It's like a double bluff. <laughs> so He's smart, that Simon Barlow. Yeah, Leanne goes to see it. She's in round in the street and she says, can I have my job back? And he says, oh yeah, we've got a load of work to do. And she goes, oh, can I have an advance? And he says, no, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, We're getting that in classic Coronation Street as well at the moment. Judy Mallet tried to get a job back at the arcade and she wanted a, uh, an advance so that she could buy the baby off of Zoe. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And the um the employer is always so aghast, like what you want money? That's the only reason you're doing this job. Ugh, grubby. <laughs> <laughs> so um he's yeah no you can't have any money. Do some work. He says why don't you do some work first and we'll see we'll see what happens. <laughs> like a normal job. Yeah. Uh, Kelly goes around to see Summer. And she's moaning. She's been moaning about this foster parents that she's got for ages. Because oh, they've got this new kid, haven't they? There's a kid there. He doesn't like, she doesn't like him. Billy says, oh, no, don't. that's not true. They, The foster parents must care about you. And then Craigie turns up and he wants to take Kelly down the station because she's been doing drugs and that's illegal. So Leanne goes to Underworld to, to ask Nick to give him, to give her £2,000. And he turns into a right arsehole. She's like, oh, it's just some debts. And he says, no, I'm not going to give it to you unless you ta- tell me exactly what it's for. He apologises later. I know he does, but it was really rude. Um, in the police reception, Billy is telling Kelly to just tell the truth. To Im- and Imran comes out. It's like, I'm your solicitor. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's been something before where Imran has turned up as the duty solicitor yeah. to someone. And it's like, oh, it's you. That's a coincidence. I can't remember who it is. <laughs> um... She's like, oh, no, I don't want you to be my solicitor because you think my dad's a murderer. And he says, I don't care about that. I want to help you. And it's my job. I'm literally being paid to do this. Leanne is in the house and she's trying to get a payday loan sorted out and they won't give her one because she's not got a job properly. Nick turns up and he gives her a £1,000. says, I'm, I love you. I'm sorry. I snapped at you earlier. Please let me know. You can talk to me about anything. And she's like, No. So she goes to see, find Harvey. He's in his car. She He not winds the window down and she throws the the cash in. And he's not very impressed because he wanted £2,000. And she says, that's all you're getting. I'm a Basby. You can't bust me I was me quite around. impressed with her for the briefest of brief moments in this scene. Because she tries to be hard, doesn't she? We get a, we get an ounce of the old Battersby yeah, yeah. spirit of yeah. her saying, no, we're done. We're done. And then within Buster. moments, she's going, oh, no, I don't have you Well, because he says, oh, I'm going to beat your kid up. And she's like, not Simon, my precious son. Um... Im- Imran oh yeah because we could find out what happened to Jacob didn't we he's got two broken legs oh it's better than a b- broken collarbone yeah Henry got his broken collarbone Jacob's got his two broken legs but he's not dead that's the most dead. important yeah, thing yeah remember thank you to everyone who sent in nice comments about our, my interview with, um, with Jack last yeah that was a very popular one mm. yes. Imran is strongly recommending to R. Kelly that she fess up about who sold her the pills and like who are you protecting who are you protecting she's like oh, I don't know Leanne comes home. Simon's chuffed when Leanne says it's all sorted. But when he's back is turned, she gets this package of drugs that she's been given. She puts them in a kitchen drawer. Like, she should have put them in, in the dishwasher. He'd never 
open that. Simon is running the household there. I know, I'm joking. Um, She rushes out. She says, Simon, I've got to meet Nick. Um, But she's going to do drugs. Kelly's being released. She says thank you to Imran, who promises that um, he doesn't hate her. He just hates her dad. (laughs) Billy's there. And she says, I'm not going back to the foster home. You can't make me. If only there were some people who were looking for foster children at the moment, no, eh, Gemma? Who could it be? <laughs> Dev tells Asha that she's not allowed to socialise with Kelly again because she's naughty. And she's like, you can't tell me what to do. Um, it's my idea to buy the drugs anyway. And you don't understand what it's like to hate yourself so much. You just want to be rid of it all. Oh, very angsty. Supposed... Oh, yes, intense. Um, yes. Kelly phones Simon to <laughs> she tells him the police are coming to arrest him. Ha <laughs> ha, not really. Lol. Lol. <laughs> she says everything's cool. Nick shows up and Simon feels bad about that time he upset Sam. And he mentions to mentions the end saying, Oh, I'm gonna meet Something, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my... Simon mentions Leanne saying she was me. Oh, I don't know what I've written there. So, Leanne takes That's this matter. package of drugs to this scruffy house who look, and a dodgy bloke who looks just like my <laughs> old boss. <laughs> the, yeah, literally, Gemma's boss. <laughs> did he, he, he's the one that moved into a horse box, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. He he, he had um, these massive dreadlocks that he yeah. never... He was the he's like a, he's. He's a really, he must be over six foot tall, white guy with massively long brown dreads who was always wearing shorts and a hoodie all the time. Didn't he, didn't he, him and his girlfriend have a kid and she, they yeah. didn't want to get him mean, registered or he something? He said he wasn't going to register the birth because that means that the, the government know you exist. <laughs> okay. He also told anyway, me both that, of us thought that when we saw this guy in the Lily Anderson. I used to, to like, I really think he's a, a really good guy. He's like a really decent bloke. He's just a bit, he's just very eccentric. He has an alternative idea. He really, he? and like, you remember, he told me once that cancer is just if you if you get to have too many bad emotions. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll tell my mom then that she should stop being so negative about having cancer and she'll get cured. <laughs> And he also had the same theory as Donald Trump, which is this weird idea that you have a limited number of heartbeats in your whole life. And if you exercise, the reason it makes you live longer is because it slows your heart down. And so you have fewer, so the beats last longer. Now that makes sense to me. (laughs) Yeah, but he used that as an excuse and so does Donald Trump not to do exercise. (laughs) Anyway. I've been looking for an excuse that I can use. (laughs) You you don't do it anyway. You don't need an excuse. So anyway, this guy's a druggie and he takes this this package and he says, I'm not going to let you go until you... He until wants I check. to test him out, doesn't he? Yeah, he's going to go... I guess he's literally going to just give it a lick and see what happens. Um, she gets away. Um, he She threatens to tell Harvey that he tr- tried to rip him off um, and gets out of it somehow. She's not very... <laughs> she just, she's she just not enjoying off, herself. She? Does she get the money? Yeah, probably. Okay. No, she didn't need to, She wasn't... Oh, no, she was just dropping she it was off. She just dropping it off. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Or prepaid. Oh, nice. <laughs> prepaid, prepaid drug delivery. I did it online, probably. Drugaloo. PayPal. What? I don't think you're allowed to use PayPal <laughs> for drugs, Michael. It's illegal. So, Kelly's very interested to hear that Imran and Toya have fostered a baby. And she's like, oh, I'm going to be your foster child. And they're like, oh, God, this is really awkward. Jim's going to hit the roof when she hears that. <laughs> <laughs> Nick sees Leanne coming out of the tram station and wants to know what is going on. Um, Nick's t- then later on, Nick's told... Uh, no, Leanne's told Nick that Simon was involved in a gang. She says the money was for drugs to make pay the boss off. 
Um, Stella gave her the other thousand. I don't know why, how... Yeah, no, she said, the money that you gave me, I had to pay Simon's boss, yeah. and I needed £2,000. You gave me £1,000. Stella, my my mum, has given me the other 10, oh, £1,000. Oh, that's helpful, yeah. Yes. Nick says, you need to involve me if things Paper. are getting heavy. <laughs> no more secrets. She's like, okay. Um, Asha meets Kelly in the gardens, and she says, oh, Imran's going to be my foster dad. And isn't that great? Just rubbing it in, weren't they, for you on Monday's episode? <laughs> Then she says she's really sad and she says she starts crying and goes, oh, I'll do anything to see my dad again. Um, it's really funny, actually, This like the idea that I have of Kelly because, um, to me, she just seems like a massive, like, chavvy girl who was growing up really rough and tumble and, like, she's a scrappy street kid. But actually, she was just, like a poshy rich kid she for, was, for yeah. ages she was and she had no kid, idea that her dad was a dodgy guy at all everyone thought he was a legitimate businessman and i mean her mum was a bit rough as well but they were like the sort of they were never criminal or or dodgy they were quite they, they put up a front of being quite well to do and everything yeah she, i think she was just like a spoiled spoiled, spoiled kid. rich kid yeah but she doesn't to me seem like a spoiled rich kid she seems like an annoying chaffy girl mm. who, who like stands outside shops and harasses people and then uploads naked pictures of their mates i just want to remind everybody because lots of people on our facebook group were saying oh, i don't know why people hate kelly she's great and i don't think people do hate kelly i think it's literally just me <laughs> <laughs> but she was the one who uploaded asher's naked pictures to the facebook to the chat group yeah. because she was mad at her and everyone seems to have forgotten this and still blames Corey. but it's actually yeah you you gave a really nice reason on facebook why you don't like kelly and i can't remember what it was but i was thinking yeah that, i think that's why i don't really like it's because her she as looks well. bored all the time it's because she looks bored and she, like, yeah she that's thinks... right she looks a bit too cool for school doesn't she's like she? every single time she's in a scene she's, she's always like oh whatever oh. she always looks like she's rolling her eyes at everything and i want to also emphasize i genuinely think the actress don't know who what the actress's uh, name is. Millie Gibson, I believe. She is fantastic because I totally believe that she is a real person, and I want to just you know, just make it clear. Uh, yeah, that I don't have a problem. Characters with her. that I dislike very often because the actors are so convincing in, in playing them that I I get mad about them and as though they're a real person. The same with Tim, like really don't like Tim, and I really don't like R. Kelly. But it's because they're so convincing at playing them. Like, Kelly just looks bored all the time. And it's not because the actress is bored, is it? No. I mean, I did like that we got, you know, a few emotional moments. Like here where she was saying, oh, I wish I could see my dad again. But I I just can't. I don't they're, like her. No, she's she's just not coming across as likeable. But she's a really realistic and well-observed character. Because that t- some teen girls and boys are like that. Like, oh, God. Ugh, ugh life. Yeah. Ugh so boring anyway Leanne gets home tells Simon that she has um, she wants him to quit at the chippy aka the drugs dealing thing does Chesney and Chesney and Dev know about this they should probably get a heads up she gets a phone call yeah, we haven't from... found out about who Dev's got to cover Jacob after his mysterious disappearance this week have we no um, she gets a phone call from Harvey he's got another delivery for her tomorrow and he'll tell her when she's paid him back not the other way around oh oh so, on Wednesday, Toya sees Leanne for the first time in ages. She tries to apologise for being pushy. Last time they spoke, and Leanne just wants to get to work. She that was a random Toya scene, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Like we didn't have we didn't have any tour on Monday, did we? We didn't have any tour on Friday. We just got literally this one scene of them meeting in the in the street, saying, "Hi, oh, do you remember we had a fallout?" Mm. And Leanne saying, "I'm going inside now." I'm going to work. That was random. Speed our time, Nick and well, Sam. T- t- sorry for poor Georgia having to drive all the way up to Bristol. <laughs> just, just, just she for doesn't the, work in fr- Bristol. From, from Bristol, sorry, just for that one scene. Um, speed dial time, Sam and Nick live at the bistro. At uh, speed dial, sorry. They are spending so much money, they must have eaten everything on the menu. Everyone is eating out at speed dial all the time. I'm starting to get sick of the speed dial set. And I actually quite like speed dial before then. It was one of my favourite sets. It's all comfy it's and nice and it's like lovely not, inside. And It's not... I don't know, it'll be weird, but eating out in a, in an Indian restaurant is not a weekly thing. No. I don't know, it's, <laughs> often it is different characters, I suppose, that are eating there, but it just feels like we're seeing no far, far, far too much of speed dial at the, the moment. Must be something we, we, about... we had been complaining about the bistro, hadn't we? Yeah, I don't know. It just swung too far the other way. We've seen both sets. I don't know whether there's something intrinsically easier to like to film or socially distance in speed dial than the bistro um, well they and we, we know that in speed dial they can move the, the uh move the chairs and everything about because it's all on wheels isn't it well you I can don't know that surely makes... do the same thing in the bistro. oh yeah maybe i don't know but maybe it's because of all the like the panels and stuff so they kind of like make a, a shield yeah, almost. I, don't know, I don't know anyway they this but go in there too much but i'm sure alia and um yeah, yasmin don't mind yeah but it's great for yasmin that's isn't yeah. it um, so that Sam and Nick are there. Simon comes in and he's like, "Hey, sorry about that drug dealing with stuff." And Sam's like, "Okay, don't worry about it." And Nan shows up at Speed Doll and she has a moment with Nick. Friday, Natasha comes back and, and she says, um, "Come on, then, Nick, get out of my house." <laughs> I've got the nicest to possible move time. back, please. And Sam's like, "Oh," and then Nick goes and says to Leanne, "Oh, Natasha's moved back." And he's and she's um, he's trying to get invited back to live in his bloody flat, and she says, "Oh, it's too soon, but w- maybe maybe soon. You've got to be patient." And so he's trying to arrange with Natasha moving out, but he can't actually move. She realizes he can't move back to his flat, and so she lets him stay for longer and in her flat. And Sam's like, hooray. Ooh, are we going to have Nick having a little little relationship with Natasha, do you think? I feel so sorry for Nick because he obviously really, really loves Leanne and he has done him like basically his whole life. Mm. And she's such a cow. I can't believe she's like, you can't move into your flat. And she's still she's... drug dealing because she doesn't have any money. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's why she's she can't. She can't have Nick back because he would find out about what she's getting up to and maybe she's just hoping to oh, maybe, yeah. finish off this drug dealing first because oh, yeah, she doesn't want him to find the little packages stuck through all the drawers. Um, <laughs> so it's a bit of a shame, really. But I, I, it, feels, it feels like possibly Nick and Natasha might start... Do you reckon? Well, she, he, he's got so much love for Sam, hasn't he? I he's know. absolutely besotted with his son. And I think maybe he maybe might start to get confused feelings towards Natasha maybe like you know when he when he sees Sam and Natasha being mum and son together and 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 he'll feel like Leanne's maybe not interested in him anymore so we'll go well what the heck I've got a nice perfect little family just ready and waiting for me here if if she's interested she's not so dramatic Mm. it's quite nice to see Natasha again I wonder whether like she's in it for the long haul this time because before she was in it for a few weeks and then Buggered mm. off to London, didn't she? So, um, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I've got no idea whether whether we're going to be seeing more of her or not. Um, so, what did you reckon about Leanne and the uh, and the drug dealing escapades? I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of funny, uh, but it is kind of like you just despair, don't you? Because it's oh, why? Uh, the why? fact that she thought that after one delivery, he'd like go, okay, I will uh, wipe your wipe the yeah. slate clean. Now that was pretty naive, and as we say, she has been involved with this kind of person before. You know, twenty years ago. You'd have thought that she'd have wised up to their tricks. And yeah. it still hasn't been mentioned yet on Coronation no. Street. What's, maybe, maybe if she tells Toya at some point. I don't know. Well, she needs to have more than a fleeting scene with her in the mm-hmm. middle of the street. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I found it kind of interesting that... How was I find interesting? I'm, I'm <laughs> lying. There, there is something possibly quite interesting with the fact that Kelly knows that Simon was the one that sold the drugs and Kelly might end up being Toya and Imran's daughter, in inverted commas, and Simon is Leanne's daughter and is that going to cause more friction between Leanne and Toya or something, you know? I don't know. I guess there's some potential drama there. Um, but it seems like Kelly is not going to dob Simon in. She seems to have forgiven him, but, you know, she might still do if he if he winds her up or something sometime. I don't know. What... What do you? How are you feeling now about the um, seemingly inescapable prospect of R. Kelly being fostered by Toya and Leanne? Because Toya and Leanne, Toya and Imran. Because obviously, all you need to do if you want to be fostered by someone is you should ask them, and then they say, "Okay, I choose you." Yeah, I don't. I don't really know whether that's how fostering works. No, I don't know. And I wonder whether the, the the social services or the foster people or whoever it is might see some kind of problem with the fact that, you know, he thinks her dad is a murderer and killed his sister. <laughs> if they do any kind of background check, they might realise that that could cause a bit, of friction, a bit of friction in the family. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm sure that they would say, oh, no, it's fine. And then, I, I love the fact that she was like, oh, you think my dad's a murderer? I, I don't like you. And he's like... No, I don't have a problem with you. It's just your dad. And she's like, great, be my foster dad. Yeah. Like, she, I don't think I'd be She got over it quite quickly. Yeah. Not only do I, say, am I fine and you can be my lawyer, it's like... Yeah, be my dad as well. Yeah. It's not like she. he said, no, I don't think your dad is she's a gonna murderer. She's going to be carving little... He literally little... said, no, yeah, I, I don't think he... I think he's a murderer. Mm, she's going to be carving little gold statues of Imran next, won't she? What does that mean? Well, she's gone from hating him to I... accepting him as a lawyer to wanting to be the dad, and now he's going to be the idol. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I, I made this prediction in the in the beginning of year prediction shows that they would foster her. I've kind of got resigned to it. I do, I do kind of want to like Kelly because I don't ever like, I don't ever enjoy disliking characters. Yeah, and if definitely. if anything could make me like her, it's maybe mixing them up in there. I'm I'm happy that it could actually give Toya and an Imran a story. <laughs> it's felt very odd that this week Toya doesn't seem to know this idea, and I'm I assuming know. that the uh, that Imran has gone home and told her, but I we know. haven't seen no her reaction, reaction yeah. to it, which is. You know, it's a quite to... a big deal, isn't it? Becoming a foster mother. I yeah, they wanted to adopt a child or a baby, not uh, not adopt. Oh, but foster. that was so cute at Christmas. I really and wanted them to have a little Yoda. baby together. Well, I mean, we, you you said a few weeks ago that you were you know counting down for Kelly to turn eighteen <laughs> so that she wouldn't have to be fostered. But yeah. I mean, even if it does happen, you know, she it's only going to be for a maximum of two years, isn't it? Before she moves out and flies the nest. Do you so, not think also that you you've there's going to be a more kind of financial obligation or 
you would like if you were a foster parent and you had a, a kid that age and they came to you and they you sort of looked after them for two years and then they you know at something at the age of 18 you would feel really weird about be like okay bye mm. you, you'd want to set them up and help them out and yeah i hope that i hope that imran and toya you know if they're going to get her to because Kelly, obviously, it to me seems like she's going to be quite an important character in the coming months because they're doing this, you know, the big thing with the teen storyline and everything and they would have got rid of her if they didn't want to use her. I just hope that it means that we, we get to feel, we get to hear more of Imran and Toya's side of things and that, and it's not literally just, you know, a place to crash for Kelly. Yeah. I do, think do we other... get to find out what it's like to be a foster parent? Is this a fostering story or is it just... No, it's just like who, who's going to be a new roommate. Yeah. That's how it feels. The other thing is, the, the disappointing thing about it is that we're not going to get a new character for um, Imran and Toya to foster and they're not going to be able to foster anybody else while she's there. So no, they could because, I mean, Kelly's they won't, foster though. parents have... I don't think they will. ...have got a new foster kid, so they, they could. Yeah, but I, I don't think they necessarily will, but it's, they, they still could if they wanted them to. But I mean, I, I, on the whole, Coronation Street has had a fairly decent track record with foster children. They've had Shannon, not I Shannon, find Sharon, it really they've had Jenny, they've had how much Wayne, they featured Fizz. fostering on the show, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I live in hope that this could be this could be good and I, I, I've resigned myself to the fact that, that she's going to be moving in. She's so. got to give in, haven't we? I think we do. Um, yeah, but they, they need to show some of the toys reaction to it or something because it's felt like a weird idea like a little possibility that was that was shot out there on in the middle of this week and then i mean there are pros and cons aren't there of like of of fostering a teenager over a kid because they're very self-sufficient and uh you don't you wouldn't need to watch them all the time but on the other hand they can get into a lot of worse stuff Mm. and you can't kind of help to mould their life in the same way as you would do if it was a child. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing, of course, with Kelly moving in with them is it, it's, it, it provides a very easy vehicle for Gary's eventual comeuppance or, you know, the reveal that he bashed Rick Nealon's brains in. And, and that, that, that little lingering plot thread has been hanging for nearly two years now, hasn't it? Is it two years or is it three years? I think it's two. And so if, if Imran, who wants to take Rick Nealon down and Kelly... He thinks... He that thinks that Rick Nealon was the main... sister. Yeah, he thinks that he was the one that got Gary to do a dodgy roof or something. He blames him, basically, for Rana's death. And so there's going to be some kind of investigating. And Kelly... I think when, if, when it comes out that Gary... Um, is the kill, is, is, is Yeah, is the murderer, killer. You know, he did, he, he was, it was self-defence. Kelly's going to want Gary dead. Imran's going to want Gary He's dead. He's going to have to apologise. So, you know, maybe that... Yeah. The, um, Gemma's distracting me by putting oh. on a gardening glove and, and making silly... Uh, Sorry. Silly I've got these new expressions to the cat. on them. They're very cute. Um, yeah, so there's, 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 there's a potential of that anyway. So, you know, it, it could bring a conclusion to it at last. Um, Happy ever I just, after. I'm just waiting for Toya to find something in Kelly that really makes her want to grab her in the foster. You know, like how we've had Elena's really into cars and 
Dolph, oh, yeah, so that's yeah. why Tyrone fancies her. So what's what's Kelly gonna reveal about herself? I that really makes love Toya... floral dresses. Yeah, yeah. I, I also like living turkeys. up trees, and yeah. uh, and I'm a vegan or vegetarian. Yes. Yeah. Toya's not a vegan. She said she is not. Right. I really love aubergines. I like veg- I like vegetable lasagna. Yeah, if if she says my favourite dish is veggie lasagna. Oh my god, I can't believe you guys have made veggie lasagna. It's my favourite. And Toya and Imran look at each other like <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Home, my That's sweet the baby child. <laughs> right. Abby Ever After, as you were saying, Abby's wedding story, which feels to me a bit um like a weird tacked on storyline of the week. Is it my go? It's your go okay. to, to talk about so, this. So, um, Abby's having a week off and uh, she thinks she's going to just veg, veg out with her lasagna. <laughs> um, but Kevin says, you've got to organise this wedding because I don't care. <laughs> and I've enlisted Sally to help me, help you. And Abby's not happy about this at all. She should just be grateful it's not Mary because Mary's got a folder. I know. See, no, she should be grateful it's not Michelle. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> There's something kind of like very annoying about the stereotype of the wedding obsessed woman who isn't actually getting married but still has a folder um, about mm. about the plans for this non-existent event. So um, Abby is doing Abby's, Sally's doing Abby's nutting and she gets annoyed because she wants to be the maid of honour. And so she thinks she's um, she's been, she kind of gets the impression that she's been asked to be this. Right? Yeah, but Abby just doesn't want anything like a traditional wedding, does she? She's got very different ideas to Sally. She doesn't want any of the usual pomp and ceremony or maids of honour or anything like that. And Sally's like... See, the, we got into an argument earlier this week because I was trying to explain to you how annoying it is as a woman to have this stereotype of the woman who doesn't like feminine things is the cooler woman. And you didn't get or understand what I was talking about and I don't, still don't think you do. But there's definitely the stereotype of if you're a girl, but you're more of a into masculine things and you don't you don't prize or value feminine, traditionally feminine things. You're always the coolest one. So Abby all this week was the coolest woman of the street because she was above all of the frivolity. Yeah, but I, I was saying that doesn't necessarily mean that the most desirable women are the ones that show masculine traits because some men, or lots of men, like women who show very feminine traits. I know, because you didn't understand what I was trying to tell you. Mm. Let's not bring this argument up again. Um, we did have words on Wednesday night, didn't we? Yes, we did. Because <laughs> I, I, this is not something that I've made up in my brain. This is a fact. Um, so anyway... Um, she, uh, Abby goes and has to go at Kevin for getting Sally involved, and she's like, I don't even want, don't even want her to be my maid of honor. I don't even want one at all. So Abby, Fizz, and Jenny are talking about this, and um, Abby is trying to um build up the courage to tell Sally that about about her true feelings. And so in speed dial, she finally tells Sally she doesn't want her to be a um her maid of honour, or she doesn't want one at all. And then she does this speech about how she feels like a fraud, like, uh, oh, you know, because of how she used to be, like, a drug addict and a terrible mother and just a really, like, a drain on society. She's saying, oh, you know, I never thought that any of this would happen. Normal, lovely weddings are for normal, decent folk. Um, and Sally's like, no, you deserve this and you should do it however you want. You don't need to do it the traditional way you can do whatever you like as long as it makes you happy and you deserve it and um then abby asks sally to officiate the ceremony 
And she's like, oh, I'd be honoured. Gemma and I both turned to each other and did a big <laughs> eye roll at this moment. I don't I want just, to be... I don't, people, I, I feel bad because I don't want to tell people, you know. <laughs> oh, that's I'm you. sorry. I don't want to tell people how they can and can't get married, obviously. Care. But I think the idea of just getting your mates to marry you <laughs> isn't for me. Enough. It's just, it's just kind of silly. But... Oh God, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm sorry if anybody you know wants. Uh, look, it was also different. It's different for different people, and it's different in this country as well because we are very, very rigid in where you are allowed to get married and how who's allowed to marry you in this country. It's very, very rigid. It's so rigid that a Muslim ceremony is not legally binding. Doesn't actually count as a what as a as a marriage and mm. I think that personally I think that's wrong I think that any religious uh, officially recognised religious ceremony should be a legally binding one as well I genuinely don't see the the point of excluding religions I, I mean I guess it just ties into you know the, the official yeah, religion of the, yeah. of the country um, but yeah, you can't just have everyone going and marrying you willy nilly and, and, and it's not like you know it, that they're not getting married in a register office they, they, they mentioned that in today's episode didn't they they're going to get married in a register <laughs> office first and then they're going to do the proper ceremony in inverted but, commas but like which this, is Sally doing it but our, our attitude is like the um, it's just a piece of paper the opposite side of that like oh so I didn't want to get married because it's just a piece of paper mm. you know Everyone has very strong beliefs about what the, what they want to do and um, what doesn't doesn't count as a, a proper wedding. <laughs> it's and... not even that. I don't like if somebody said to me, "Oh yeah, I'm having a a register thing," but then my real what I really think is the is the proper thing for me and my husband to be is going to be my, my friend in a meadow and we hold hands under a tree and they say some words and then that's how I I want to I'll be like oh that's really sweet but because Coronation Street keeps doing these it's not that they keep doing it but I mean it, it's and it also is it's the, fact... the Daniel and Sinead getting married by Kirk in Victoria Gardens. It's also the kind of insinuation that it's somehow more special and touching and and genuine because it's coming from them and what they want than a church wedding, which I find to be a kind of offensive, um, yeah. uh, what's the word, premise, because they're all equally as, as, as valid if that's what you... It's, I feel the same way about making up your own vows. Yeah, I, I, there's some things that I just feel very, very traditional about. <laughs> And it feels like, oh, I don't know. I... Whatever, do whatever you want, literally. It's just like a bit too new it's also, It is, it is. I'm just, <laughs> we're just getting old, aren't we? Yeah. And buddy-duddy about it's okay. and sticking the mud about things. Luckily, they're making new young people all the time, so they can do their... They can fanny around in Victoria Gardens. You know it's going to be Victoria Gardens. Yeah, probably, isn't it? <laughs> Although I did really like Abby's idea about what was it? Is it plying down the street and landing <laughs> on a trampoline? If you're gonna if you're not gonna get married in the church and you're gonna do a completely non traditional ceremony with just your friend officiating, why not go the whole hog and do something completely crazy? <laughs> so on Wednesday, Debbie has been invited well, no. She invites um Abby to this dress trying on thing where they get a load of designer dresses and they get they Abby can wear whatever one she wants and Debbie's going to buy her favourite one. Is that Abby's, yeah? uh, Debbie's mate or something? Yeah, she knows a posh shop owner who owes her, her fa- a favour. Right. And Abby doesn't really, she's not interested and she certainly doesn't want Debbie involved in any of this. So she talks to Tracy about it and Tracy's like, oh yeah, but if there's free food, we should go. Um, so they go and they do go. 
and Sally's there already trying on dresses and it's just a kind of excuse. I This is the other thing that annoyed me. I thought this was just an excuse to laugh at women who, who like wearing wedding dresses. I thought that this was one of my, if not the highlight of the weeks, these scenes. But this I is, thought can you not see how brilliant. it's frustrating to be a woman, okay, and live in a society where you're expected to like and want to get married and wear a dress and you're expected to do all these things. And then when you get really into it, it's like you're the figure of fun because you t- you're taking it too seriously. Oh, I sometimes, because it's not like they don't show wedding scenes on Coronation Street with excited brides, you know, who are not no, no. made fun of. Sa- Sally was being a bit silly. I, I'm just trying to explain how I feel yeah. about it. Yeah, Where, whereas I didn't think it deeply at all. I just saw, like, some of my favourite characters yeah. on Coronation Street getting together, getting to dress up in in cool outfits. That that thing that Debbie was wearing in the, the, the second scene where she had the big... I she don't even know like what it Mega was. Man. Yeah, she did. Like, the big armbands <laughs> around her wrists. I thought they that she around, looked... They were around the top of her... They, they were around the top of her upper arm. Were they? Because they were attached to the, the, the bodice. The, she looked like she was... She just stepped off the stage of doing her Mamma Mia uh, <laughs> ABBA tribute show, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. I thought that she looked awesome in that. I, I really, really, really loved all those scenes. I loved... It was funny. I just couldn't... I, you know I have all these hang-ups about things. And it was just... It was funny, but it was also kind of annoying to see Abby doing the robot dance going, ha <laughs> girls that like dresses are stupid dance. and dumb. I it was it. funny, but it's it's... It's interconnected to lots of things that are kind of misogynistic, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, as I said, I didn't, and I think I, I think personally, also as a, as a girl who, um, when I was a teenager, I rejected a lot of feminine things because I thought that would make me more cool and popular, and I wasted a lot of my life trying to look down on things that I actually did like because I didn't think it was cool to be a girl mm. and I don't think that that's an unfamiliar experience to lots of other girls yeah I mean your past experiences will always yeah uh, affect how you view certain but stories it was and a characters funny... and it's a bit like Kelly as well one of the reasons you say you don't like Kelly is yes, because she was one that yes. reminds me of horrible cowgirls at your school <laughs> cowgirls <laughs> yeah so this was a funny I'm gonna yeah it was a funny scene but it yeah, I so thought it was silly one. It was to... nice watch seeing them in different dresses because you know I like to see the wedding dresses. Yeah, and I don't so usually I care about that. I, <laughs> I just thought that that Debbie parading around looking like she was having the time of her life. Uh, uh, Sally, Sally grated on me a little bit. Um, Abby, I thought was brilliant, but Debbie, she just she just won the, the, the week for me just with her. <laughs> they all look great, loving it. Yeah, so um, so, so Abby's obviously very uncomfortable and she's not enjoying. And, you know, obviously, if this isn't for you, you're not going to like it. And it, you don't, it doesn't have to be for everybody. I don't want anyone to get the impression that I'm saying that all women should like wedding dresses. And dress no, no, up. I thought this was all very in character for yeah. Abby. I, this is why I thought it was weird the week before when she was getting super invested in wedding stuff. She maybe likes this the is idea why was... of being married to Kev for some yeah, reason. But this but is why maybe I took it a bit personally because um, I know that Abby's the, cool, Abby's the coolest woman on the street, right? Because she rescues people and she can do car stuff, you know, and she can still get glammed up when she wants. So when she was going really invested in finding a good venue, I was like, oh, they're not going the stereotypical route of like making Abby totally reject all feminine things. And she's actually going to really enjoy doing this wedding, which is quite a refreshing change, really. And then when she turned around and went, oh, I don't want to get I don't want to wear a wedding dress. I know. I thought, oh, fine. So you're just like all the other stereotypes of women on Coronation Street. Also, I guess you can't cook as well, and that's supposed to be funny. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just totally. all bound up in this. It, it might have been nice if she'd have been actually like, you know, I, I really want to have this fairy tale wedding. I know that you might not think you might not think that about me, but I, I do want this. But it, but it, yeah, it felt like this totally everything fine. that she did was in character to what we had been led to believe about her up to this point. It's totally fine to um to not want all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if if you have chosen that for yourself, like I did, and somebody turns around and says, oh, that's all a bunch of silly nonsense, I'm, I'm not really into mm. it, you kind of take it a little bit personally, even though you shouldn't at all, because everyone's allowed to to have their own thing, aren't yes. they? This is like when I was um had on my bridesmaids, <laughs> when we drove back from getting the, 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 the dresses fitted and stuff, they just spent the whole ride home going, weddings and marriages are stupid and pointless. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Fine, um, you know I'm spending two hundred pounds on your stupid dresses. But... I can't believe they were saying that. Oh well, I can. Anyway, there was a disaster at this wed- dress- wedding dress triangle. Oh, what it? happened? This is, this is where to <laughs> me it did get a little bit silly. I was really enjoying it until Debbie had a a prat fall into a beetroot salad. <laughs> it was also another like super stereotypical feminine thing, like oh a salad. Like of course <laughs> they were eating salad and drinking white wine. So she she lands on this this um. What happens? She sits Abby, down. Like, goes boo to her or something. No, she sits she her. sits down. No, as she Abby oh. makes her topple backwards, she's like goes rah to her because she's fed up with oh, her trying okay. to make but, her wear all these. Dresses but it was that also like. it was also um, Tracy's fault for putting beetroot salad on on the bonquette. Mm. Um, and that's five grand's worth of of dress ruined. So she's trying to get the stain out. It's no good. And um, she tries to apologise to Abby a bit later. And um, she, it's kind of a bit frosty because they're, they're kind of united in panic at this point. And then she finally calls this lady and it turns out it's just a sample dress so there'll be no charge. I kind of, doesn't make I don't, any I don't, sense. I was going to ask you as, as our you know, resident fashion expert. The only woman, woman in the room. <laughs> so it's a sample dress so it's fine if you... Sp- Ruin it completely. No. no, that's not true. My wedding dress was a sample dress. Yeah. My wedding dress was a um, Stuart Parvin dress. Um, who designs uh, the dresses for the Queen? And name um, drop. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop. I've got I had a, a royal warrant in my wedding dress, <laughs> but it only cost me eight hundred pounds, and it should have been about three grand, mm. which now probably about five thousand pounds. So. Yeah. Um, it was, it, was it just a nice, quick and easy way to tie up and the uh, the animosity between Debbie and Abby, which is kind of fun, but they need dress, to make up at some point, It's a dress that you keep in the shop that people can try on. So, so everyone's going to be trying on this dress and the, the, the seamstress is going to have to say, oh, just by, you know, um, that yeah, that If you buy it, it won't have beetroot salad and white wine on it. But we, if you like that part of the dress, we can definitely recreate it. <laughs> the bit where Abby decided to chuck the bottles of white wine over the dress because she thought it might solve it. That was stupid, wasn't it? Well, that's wasn't what you with red Wasn't it wine? Tracy said, oh, my mum used to put white wine on it if she spilled red wine. And then Abby immediately, without poured. thinking, oh, it's a bit silly. So it got <laughs> so a bit over the top. Really but on the whole, I enjoyed dress. those scenes very, very much. And it was... Well, I'm glad that... Yeah. It, was, it was Sally Carmen and Sue Devaney that made it. And, and just having those other two in there that I liked was great. I will well. say, even though I, I found it slightly obnoxious... Um, Abby's robot dance is very good. <laughs> <laughs> so on Friday, we got Sally. You've written rapping posies, but also nosegay is an appropriate word. 
Nosegay. Nosegay, yes. Just a small bouquet of flowers. Oh. Um, I think we should bring back the word nosegay <laughs> into common parlance. So she's preparing her nosegays and she's sitting. Um, so immature. She's, she's listening to music and she's uh, pontificating about uh, what the meaning of um, Abby and Kevin's relationship is. And I think it's just the bottom of the barrel as far as getting people to pair up. <laughs> on the show as no, I don't think it's deeper than that um talking to Tim about really she's super super invested like you kind of ask she's got Sarah her idea about what yeah. this ideal wedding for Abby's going to be and yeah. I think really it's she just wants she pictures an ideal wedding for herself yeah she can't separate and and, and thinks if I like it then Abby's going to like it well you can't get Sally to do anything by halves, can you? So yeah. you shouldn't ask her to do something if you don't want her to completely... Well, Abby her. didn't ask her to do it, that's the point. What, be a fishing? I thought she did. Well, the or just organiser, you know. Or like, yeah, do the... Yeah, preparing everything to the nth degree. Um, so she wants to do a trial run with Tim. Yeah, I didn't really get that. She wants to do a trial... When are they getting married? Why do they, Why does she need to do a practice run with Tim and Kirk? I don't really she's get... so excited. She's over preparing, mm. like like me when trying to trying to move house, and <laughs> I'm like, you're just there going, oh yeah, we've got to fill out this form out, and I'm going, oh, I wonder what kind of st- colour stair rods I want to in- <laughs> install in my new staircase. I thought that the idea of having Kirk coming round to do a trial wedding was a bit silly. When 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 Tim was like, who are they going to get to play Sal? Knock, knock, knock. Hello, it's me, Kirk. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. And then they didn't actually do it. They no, didn't they show didn't. it. Did they realise it was a silly idea? I don't know, so but... They, are, are, whole... are we supposed to be imagining it in our heads and just laughing about that? And, and then Coronation says, oh, we don't need to write in our film those things. They'll imagine it. It would have been... They, they could have... Um... They could... I, I the thing don't, is, though, it could I have don't been quite think, disastrous. I, I don't think in any way it could have been funny because sorry it had Kirk in Kirk's not not on a high at the moment is he no now we had another demonstration as to why Tim is the worst character on the street here because he gets mad when he finds out he's not Kev's best man because he's asked Tyrone yeah they go uh, back you know you know family values Tyrone yeah also like um they've got history (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That we we, uh, did we did we bring up the Kevin and Molly affair last week in the podcast when it looked like this was happening. But... So if you haven't watched the show um, for years and years and years, you might not know. But Tim, no, Kevin had an affair. Had an affair with, with Tyrone's, Tyrone's girlfriend, wife. Wife, yes. So I don't think he's the. I probably would be mad if I was Tim. Why have you picked the guy that you cheated on his wife with? To to be your best man is that not a bad luck omen or something? <laughs> I think the whole thing as it is feels um, like Sally and Kevin just can't get away from each other. No, I know. Like Tim said, Kevin was my best man on both my weddings, which is like which is weird, it isn't is it? Weird. Like both of my weddings to you, Sally, <laughs> his ex-wife, he was the best man at. Now I want him to. I want to be best man <laughs> at his yeah. uh, uh, his wedding. It, it, that his ex-wife is officiating it's well they just need to put seven and kevin and sally back together and oh, no. be done with it really they it's not healthy it's nice <laughs> it that, is on it's the nice street. that you know divorced couples can still be friends and everything but it's just a bit creepy if really. you can't describe 
um, a wedding in Coronation Street in the same way that you would put a scandalous, like, trashy magazine headline. There's no point doing it. Like, my... my what would it be? It's too my, complicated. <laughs> my ex-wife's husband's brother's sister, who's also a goat, <laughs> is officiating my zipline wedding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really want them to zipline now. Now they've promised me. It's much, it's much nicer than standing in Victoria Gardens going, oh, I can't wait to this finish. I can get myself a nice Costa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, to, to me, it does just feel really weird how Kevin can't leave Sally alone. <laughs> it's creepy. Um, do you not also think that Coronation... Do you, do you remember back that time when Hollywood seemed to just have the same movie twice, like Ants and a Bug's Life and Dante's Peak and... And all that stuff. And it feels like they're doing that with Coronation Street storylines because you've got two weddings going on. Mm. You've got sick kids all over the place on ventilators. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. People dying of cancer. Well, you know, we're around about the stage where Coronation Street stopped filming for, for two weeks like, so they right, could do their now. wave, their magic wand and, and magically fix it. But I thought that was all right this week. I, I, I feel a bit bad for some of the viewers that are saying, but when exactly did they stop filming? Because they... It, it's like when I read guys, that, yeah. people are hoping that they're thinking when they I don't that, like this. Yeah, when they hit that stage, it's going to magically instantly get better afterwards. I, I don't know what I they did during think... that two weeks. I don't know what it was for. It might have been just for you know reapplying the one way sign paint in around the Coronation Street studio. They definitely as as didn't we say we're stopping because we're fed up with this and it's crap. No, not that they ever would say that. I think people who are not really enjoying Coronation Street at the moment are saying, well, it's obviously weird it's obviously you know poor bad. episodes at the moment and coronation street must have realized how bad it is so they stopped filming for two weeks i, I don't, don't think i don't think case. that's the case no at all um so anyway tim's mad he wants to be in the wedding and then they work out that that he's mad and so sally asks abby if he can do something and so they ask him to be the chief usher and he's like who's i'm gonna be in charge of and they're like you could be in charge of seb and he gets really chuffed and runs away yeah Hooray. Right, trolling story, whatever we're calling it. This was weird, wasn't it? Kathy getting, um, you know, a real bee in her bonnet about Brian offering, uh, having a go at Steve for not paying the papers. Like, I don't think that anything that Brian said on Wednesday's episode really deserved the, the level of attention that she gave it. But basically... Steve wants to get his papers because he's got an article in the Gazette saying I'm running for Ollie. And Brian says, oh, by the way, you're overdue with your paper bill. Kathy looks daggers at him and says, you're being so insensitive. He's just had a dead kid. And if I was Brian, I'd be saying, yeah, but also the other week he was having a laugh with Tim ruining Gail's dad's funeral. So I think he's <laughs> over it. So I think, no, the time has come for him to maybe pay for the papers for the last three months. Also, the idea of anybody running up a paper bill for 40 quid is kind of funny anyway. Yeah, so Tracy hears from Steve Steve that Brian's had a go at him. She's not impressed. Even Kathy wasn't reading. Brian and Kathy were both reading the same article and he was reading it in the paper, which he didn't pay for because he owns a paper shop and she was reading it on her phone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, so Kathy just spends the episode having a go at Brian and she decides that she's going to pay Steve's paper bill off for him. Um, and then she goes and bangs on about it to Fizz. She's got nothing going on in her life, has she, Kathy? Poor Kathy never has any stories. And as soon as she gets 
you know, a snifter of something scandalous. She just goes around and tells everybody about it. So Cathy catches Tracy later and says, right, I paid the papers. Sorry about my insensitive oath of a husband. Um, I've got some ideas about fundraising projects that we could do maybe. And Tracy's like, no, I'm not interested. Um, my family is not your guilt project. So Friday, Cathy um, sees this fundraising article in the paper and starts moaning about Tracy again. Brian says, look, maybe you should try asking to help again and maybe you just got Tracy on a bad moment and, and she'll let you your help if that's what you really want. So there's more sniping about uh, in, in the street between the two of them. And then... Oh, I'm getting dry mouth. I need a cup of tea in a minute. So then we have... Kathy in the Rovers later and she's got her phone and she's obsessively reading this article um, from Tracy and Steve and she's making fun of the comments section at the bottom where everyone's saying oh they're, they're, they're our heroes oh they will have their award them. in heaven oh, god bless wonderful. Steve and Tracy and she's like what the hell <laughs> yeah but Emma's there at the Rovers bar at uh, the bar singing their praises as well, well she's like oh that's sweet how nice they deserve it yeah and, and then saying oh they're going to go on holiday as well and then you said didn't you as we were watching it how can Tracy and Steve afford to go on holiday and then seconds later Bernie yeah. um, puts the same question forward as well, well. It wasn't just that, it was also all this the shopping that they're buying as well. Yeah, and and so Bernie puts the idea in Kathy's head that maybe Steve and Tracy are pocketing Ollie's cash. Good idea. No, of course they're not. Oh. Of course they're not. No, I know that. So, but Kathy, but for also, some reason, decides, yeah. oh yes, maybe they are. I don't know whether she thinks they are or whether she's just fed up with them, so she puts that comment online. I, I don't know. So she signs up as, what's her name, Lemon Drop or something? Yeah. The, um... Uh, the pseudonym that's not going to link back to her being, you know, the person that sells the sweets in the jars in the cabin at all. And um, and she starts surreptitiously tapping away at her phone. Later on at number one, um, Steve's having a look through the comments on this article and sees all these messages saying Never that they're ripping the off Oliver's funds. So he started, oh, sorry, Kathy started off and then it looks like Everybody's that's everyone else has yeah. latched onto that and they're going, oh, they're stealing their money that we're, that we're the donating to them. How dare they? Um, Amy gets riled up about this and vows revenge on this lemon drop, whoever it is that started it all. And um, Kathy feels guilty when she sees Amy, I think, telling Asher on the phone that she's um, that 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 Steve and Tracy been upset by this. And so, oh, and then Amy says to Kathy, "Oh, here's twenty pounds for the paper bill." And Kathy has no, to go forty pounds. Oh, sorry, and she goes, "Oh no, 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 it's fine." So, um, yeah. We've got a social media story, everybody. Oh, no, yeah. So, so um, Kathy's trolling... Trolling? Um, the Barlows. Yeah. The McDonald's. This, the McDonald Barlow, yeah. This feels like a bit of a filler storyline, I have to say, which, as does every story that Kathy and Brian are ever given. I kind of like this story. Um, I would be terrified if I was Kathy because of Amy's like sitting there going, "I'm going to find out who this lemon drop is." Ah, Kathy doesn't need to be scared of Amy. No, but she no, but if she gets outed, she's going to be shunned, isn't she? There's, and there's the no thing... way that there isn't any way really that um, Amy could track this back to Kathy unless Kathy accidentally lets it slip. Is there? Um, you can find out who people are if they leave a bit of a breadcrumb. Sometimes people don't realise, say, for example, um, like somebody once left a comment on my blog and they left their 
they signed up with their email address that had their name in it and like within a minute I knew where they lived didn't you didn't you find out um, didn't you get that horrible comment yeah. from the um, I wasn't going to elaborate further on are this. we talking thinking about the same thing yeah. the, uh, what is it it was a it was a Bakewell tart Bakewell tart incident so I literally just reviewed a bunch this? of Bakewell tarts and I said one of them wasn't very good and then somebody left this horrible comment saying you're paid off by the other company whatever you're paid off by so and so and it was like if you if there's I there's a massive I rivalry her, in the Bakewell tart and industry and she lives in the shop nobody knows about she lives in the shop was which was the one that I gave the lowest score to so she just had sour grapes really but um Say, for example, if she uses that account for a different website, which gives away more information, if people give away information about themselves, you can piece it together, and that's why you shouldn't really I, use the same username for everything. I but. think it's just going to be a bit clunky, like Amy's going to well, be in the, they're not in the very cabin good at, and, and somebody's going to buy some lemon drops, and, and Amy will go, go, oh, hang on a no, minute. No, Kathy will go, oh, they're my favourites. Yeah, or something like yeah, that. Like the same way that you guessed the password on the third attempt. Yeah, I... I, I I'm, I'm not going to be the lesson that Kathy will learn. Be careful before be you press that send button online. It's going to feel a little bit like, you know, a key stage two e-safety lesson. Is it? A little bit. I haven't had it on my face. Yeah. Um, yeah, be careful what you write online. There really, is, there really is nothing quite like the dark thrill of telling somebody off anonymously on the internet. But at the end of the day, you're just poisoning yourself. You're just going to make yourself feel bad and you're going to make yourself a horrible, hate, hateful person. I just hate that it's so, another thing that's made Kathy look stupid. I, I, I rue the day really that they petty. decided to make Kathy into a... But I think if, it's, if the lesson is like, you think that this is all anonymous and that the people on the, the internet aren't real people and you can just go on there and say horrible things about them and run off, actually real people get upset and you affect them in real life. So I think that I think people need to stop doing horrible, saying horrible things. I thought it was a little bit odd. I don't know that this actually happens. That the, the Kathy put this one comment and then everybody no that happens leapt onto Pylons, it. Pylons, yeah, that happens. Okay. Of course it does. Okay. Even though there's no proof, it was just no. Of course, wild the speculation. Best ones, the best ones that go the furthest are the ones with absolutely no proof. <laughs> mm. Um. So. Yeah, I kind of like I like the story. Uh, they've done it. They've tried a few times to do internet, you know, nasty stuff. You know, the the um people being horrible about who was it? There were those people being horrible about Beth that one time. One that's night, right, Beth. And then also we had the uh, the revenge doxing, porn story. The what? Um, trying to dox Cal as a pedo. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I they need to do more stuff like that because that's really just how, what people know, are like. I don't know whether they. It do. was really funny how much Feels people like we're were being told a lesson. Watching, looking at their phones today, which they don't normally do, but that's that was like the most realistic interaction I've ever seen <laughs> on Coronation Street, where one person's talking to somebody else who's just looking at their phone, ignoring them. Right, I we've we've reached the end. I I quite enjoyed that little discussion about this week's Corio. I'm, I think I'm feeling. <laughs> relatively positive about it. I mean, it wasn't, you know, a classic week by any means, but I've, I have seen more criticism of this week, and I thought it yeah, was... people really don't like this week. fine. Yeah, the, it was the, fine. Uh, the, the, the Bailey stuff was fine. I, I don't... I suppose the problem with this week for me is that I don't like the idea of Ed and Aggie being split up over things. I really, really don't like the idea of the affair between Tyrone and Alina. I don't like the idea necessarily of Kelly being adopted by, by Imran and Toya. Fostered. Fostered, so I don't know, I get Maybe those mixed she'll get up. Adopted. 
Um, there's lots of little bits that I don't like. It's like, but yeah, it's still loads as a of whole, like really niggly, annoying storylines that have irritating. It's like the sort of, the, uh, all of those plot points are the sort of thing that you know, when I first read them, I was Ugh. like, oh, why, why are they doing that? But the actual stories surrounding them were were fine. The Bailey stuff was okay. It's I I kind of find Ed fairly amusing to watch. Um, Michael was quite sweet. I think maybe Ryan did overact it a little bit on Wednesday. Um, Grace, I'm I'm kind of grow I'm growing to like Grace. They they seem I I I'm not feeling that I'm supposed to be suspicious of her anymore. Like towards you know six months ago, after the whole Tiano revelation, I thought you know I, I'm not I can't believe a single word that comes out of Grace's mouth at the moment. They seem to. Have, be over that they managed to make us kind of forget (laughs) how come i can forget things so quickly about some people but other people i'm like i remember when eileen stole money from charlie (laughs) stuff and (laughs) yeah i i I thought the bailey stuff was fine um and the the tyrone i i I just love fez so i like that storyline um well what are you building up to school this week the 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 abby debbie sally tracy wedding dress scene was my favorite scene of the week but I mean, a three, three. Yeah, I think three. I was going to give it three. It was, it was fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's good. Nice surprise, baby. Surprise, baby. Is that what you're scoring out of? No, no, I'm not going to score it. Three surprise babies. I'm going to score it. Uh, I've, got, I've got a few. Can I just also say, I really here, I am sorry if your name is is Glory, because we were mean about the name. Yes. Um. Um. I'm going to score it. <laughs> um, I'm going to score it three pairs of Gemma's big pants drying on the radiator. Ah, shut up. Out of five. I don't dry my pants on the radiator. I didn't say it was you. I don't even dry my bra. I didn't say it was you. So now on the what street, listen, we've got Grace, Hope, and Glory. Oh, yeah. Mm, interesting names. How ecclesiastical. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I do um I do like Grace is probably one of my favourite names. I really like that name. What are you scoring? I'm scoring three well? this three uh Margaret Thatcher's on steroids, because that sounds utterly terrifying. Can you imagine if there are three of her coming <laughs> my, out? My yet? my my I, I don't usually like to give um runners up. No, I'm not I'm not I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the Facebook groups if uh yeah. to do the runners up. Who's character your character of like? the week? Michael. You know what? What? Uh, no, I don't. Th- I don't think it was Michael. I don't think he did enough apart from gush over being a dad, and that's, but a, I like that's an that. easy. That was sweet. I thought that Ed was quite good this week. Okay, I enjoyed watching Ed. About cat? Um, no, not cat. Um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed Debbie, but did, did Debbie do enough to get character of the week? I don't know. <laughs> a Mega Man wedding dress. Uh, I, I, I just felt really bad and sorry for Ed. Being, you know, finding out no. that Michael might not actually be his oh. his boy, his son. <laughs> um, is he going to join the My Son Club? <laughs> I think he is. With Steve and, and Michelle and Sean. I'm going to give the, the character out. of the week to... To... Blum, 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 Who are you giving blum. it to? I'm going to give it to Michael because I thought it was so sweet and I, I really love him and I'm I'm upset for him that he might... Have this. I hope. I kind of. I know that this is not going to happen. They're get. He's going to find out. Otherwise, it's not going to be dramatic enough. But you know, I w- I would wish that um in, if this was a real life situation, they would find out who is the father before they let him know about this because it's going to be devastating if he doesn't know who his dad is. I know. I know. But that's obviously now that what they're going to do, isn't it? Because it's the most dramatic way of telling the story. Yeah. 
Gosh, Grace, I really Grace can't decide. No, no, it's not. I, I'm going between Ed and and Debbie at the moment, um, and I think it's going to be shipping. They're called Eddie. <laughs> oh, I can't decide. Eddie, Eddie. Stop it! Stop, I, I need to think about this. I should have thought it's about really this before. It's really not that. Debbie didn't really do very much this week. I'm going to go for Ed. Yeah, I'm okay. giving it for Ed this week. Wow. I, I, uh, I quite uh, like it. Bailey, um, what's the word? Uh, Across the board. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, Ed's not usually one of my favourite characters, but I, I thought it was good this week. And I know he's, you know, he's got his attractors, but I I, I do quite I like enjoy him. watching him. So, Glory Bailey, or is it Glory Vickers? Glory Vickers. That sounds like Glory Knickers, doesn't it? <laughs> Glory Bailey also sounds... What's the word? What's the word when... Or beaded panties. What's the word when something doesn't quite rhyme, but it... Almost does. Near rhyme. No, is it called Alalilo? I don't Alla... know. Why? Alala. Because Glory Bailey sounds like it almost rhymes, but it doesn't. Mm, Do you know what I'm saying? Kind of. Right, we're done. Um, there's not really any news this week, anybody. There's there's little Everyone. mini bits of news, like Faye Brooks didn't win Dancing on Ice. The whole, as far as I could tell, from a very very far away. Um, viewer it's from somebody sitting on the sidelines and not really paying that much attention to it it felt like the whole of Dancing on Ice was a bit of a shambles this year and everyone was getting Covid and they cancelled weeks and they brought the final forward and everything and it just kind of limped to the finish line but um, yeah Faye Brooks didn't win and and that's the news this week Um, so maybe there'll be more news next week I don't know but I think we will just um, skip right over to the feedback section now so we'll see you on the other side Feedback then. Actually, actually, before we got into feedback, I don't think I um, articulated well enough why I chose that as character of the week. So may I have a bit more time to talk about that? I think not only did I kind of enjoy watching him and look forward to his scenes this week, I think that I uh, he was, I, I'm glad that he you know took Aggie to task for keeping this secret Secrets. from him for thirty years. Even though I can understand why she maybe did it, and it kind of was one of these things that spiraled out of control a little bit but always always he took it to task but the fact that he was willing to talk to her and listen to her when so many other couples you know if they find out about infidelity they're just like i don't want to talk to you i'll sling you out i know he literally couldn't sling her out because she was the (laughs) other you know other end of the country or whatever but the fact that they gave those two characters the chance to have a discussion together a fairly protracted series of discussions i i thought that was good and and yeah, so Ed was willing to listen. And also the fact that he's just had this massive bombshell dropped on him. Despite that, he was still a very, very loving and supportive father to Michael. Even though in the back of his head, he's thinking, this boy might not even be mine. Mm. He he didn't let that show. And I know yeah, that, ja- I know that James said mm. to Ed, you, that, uh, there seems like there's something a bit wrong with you. But I don't think he was that obvious that Michael would have noticed that. So um, that that's that's why I've chosen. That's a very nice reason. Okay, right. So very my, um, good. Yeah, I was just, I've, I've got my cup of tea now, everybody. So while I was, while I was waiting for the kettle to boil, I was kind of thinking a bit more about that. But anyway, average score for last week's Coronation Street, according to the good folks on our Facebook group, was 2.89 out of 5. And having had a 
cursory glance at the Facebook group uh, this evening, I wonder oh. whether next week we're going to be um, having a, a even lower number than that. Oh, it was but like a nuclear bomb went off. Fiona gave it three idiosyncratic interactions with the customers out of five, whilst Hill gave it three wedding venues with windows out of five. And Richard, um, who is my pick of the week, gave it three deceased pet rabbits that I cared for so much that I can't even remember their name correctly <laughs> out of five. Thank you to you three and everybody else who voted in our poll. I always look forward to seeing what you're going to score it out of. And we have an email here from somebody new called Colleen, who I don't think has written in before. It says, hi to you both. Say hi, Gemma. Hello. Looking out of the iPad. How read. to peel potatoes. Don't do that. That's that. Is... Apparently, this is a whole new way to peel potatoes. No. Colleen says, hi to you both. I live in Ottawa, Canada. I'm paying attention. I was born in August 1960, the same year that Coronation Street came onto the air. I started watching it when I was about 10 years old and have followed the show ever since that time. I've been married for 34 years and my husband has come to love the show. You made him. Good job. (laughs) Just like I made Gemma into a choreo (laughs) watcher. I started listening to your podcast in 2020 and look forward to its release every Saturday morning. My routine is to go for a long walk and listen to your latest episode. Oh, how lovely. We're going for a walk with you. I didn't need to do any exercise at all. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, oh, darling. Oh, God. I'm always sad when the episode ends. Aww. All that to say, I'm a fan of you both and have no issue with the length of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Lovely, lovely. I think this is going to be a bit of a shorter one this month, this I'm, week, I, 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 I hope people have not been upset or maybe the people that would like this to happen noticed and appreciated. I have been trying really hard to make the podcast shorter. Have you? Yeah. I don't think it's working because you're not on board. No, it's no. But, um, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to make them slightly anything. shorter and less waffly. No, that I, I, I think some of the street talks have been a bit shorter the last few weeks, maybe. But I don't know whether it's just we've had less things to talk about. But I mean, like I decided to get out the news today, but because there wasn't much. I still need to give my review of Land Girls. I finished the Land Girls now, everybody. I thought it was all right. I will say I, more in another week. Probably. From what I can tell, I think I would be disappointed with the lack of gardening that actually took place. There was a little bit of gardening in the Land Girls of Coronation Street. Um, carrots? I don't know. They're mostly milking cows. Don't grow carrots. Right, I want to. I, I'm, do, you, do you want to read Frankel <laughs> Overload's message? I think the, the, this popped into our in- inbox a couple of hours ago, and um, she feels quite ranty. And I know yeah. that you like a good rant, but I oh, do as okay. well sometimes. Right. Fangirl Overload 123 says, I've now decided that Sally is the only Cory character who deserves rights. She's the only thing that made this week's Cory redeemable. Well, I say redeemable, I mean slightly watchable. I'm already in a bad mood this week, and instead of being light relief, Coronation Street... No, Coronation Flaming yeah, Street. ...has made it worse. I'm generally curious to know if anyone likes the affair stories, because they keep doing them. At least it started now, because the weeks building up to the affair might be worse than the affair itself. <laughs> and please, no bed scenes, because I don't think there's a Cory fan alive who isn't scarred for life by Dev and Deirdre. Sorry for reminding you all of that image. And how come, when Fizz and Tyrone finally get close to tying the knot, he has to follow in the footsteps of Kev, Peter, and every other warm-blooded male in Weatherfield by jumping into bed with the nearest 20-something? It, it, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's so, so, so utterly cliche it, is, it really is they can all take their midlife crisis fancy peace and the senses they've taken leave of and shove them where the sun doesn't shine the fact that, that yeah and the fact that tyrone is doing exactly the same as kevin was I know. to him 10 years Tell ago you what, though i kind of he deserves guess that's coming that to he does perceive this affair and then he gets found out by everybody and shunned. And then Kevin has a go at him and says, "You've got no, you can't come to me and say you've got the take the high road because now you did exactly what I did." 
I don't, I don't know whether or how, how badly I want Tyrone to be shunned by this or not. I, I do. But pe- I, like I think people, shunning. people kind of like Tyrone, don't they? And I think what, like what Jenny was saying... Um, she's Yeah, she's right. It is true. People it will sexist. often take... Ty- no, she was saying that in Tyrone and Fizz stories, yeah, people will often se- take sexist. Tyrone's side. Yeah, because they're sexist. No, I just think they don't really like Fizz. Yeah, because they're, they're sexist. No. Yes, Michael... Sorry, but a, a lot of misogyny in this country is actually, and and in 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 uh, in the world in general, is so hidden and is so pervasive, and it's like fish a fish in water. They don't know it's everywhere. This is why I have been. I was so happy to hear that they were trying to make um, misogyny a hate crime. You know, if if. And it hasn't been. Don't you think that's crazy? The amount of violence perpetrated against women simply for the fact that they are women and it's not designated as a hate crime. That's that's the like the the most misogynistic thing ever. I don't, I don't think that that's what there's... I, I think that people... Women judge other women. I think if you were to say, people, why don't you like Fez to people, they would say that no, because they would she never, gets... They would never say it was because she was a woman. No, of course not. But I think that they, they would... That they would say that she can be quite kind of shrill and naggy, and, and people say that's, that that's because women they don't like her. That I, I've seen people saying they don't like her voice, but I don't really get that's that. That's misogynistic. I don't know. I don't know. I'm anyway. telling you, if you're saying, "Oh, she's shrill and naggy," I said this before. It takes two to make a nagger. People, <laughs> South Park. Um, what? Nothing. Um, we we interrupted Fangirl Overload one to three mid rant. So I'm that you could you, have your lot, own rant. But a lot of the stuff, the, pe- people judge women more harshly than men for doing the same things. And that's misogyny. So whenever there's an argument, it's always he gets always got free because he gets given the benefit of the doubt when a woman doesn't. I'm telling you. Anyway, so I shall continue <laughs> another rant. rant. Which is not mine. Um, what's worst of all is the complete character assassinations of both characters. In the past two or so years, Alina has been in it. She's come across a, a sweet, kind girl who has been through hell and back, but found hope in her friends. And for the past 22 years, Tyrone has been on the street. He has been a kind, loyal man who would never dream of cheating on his partner when he has two young kids, especially not after Molly. Well, there was the Gemma thing, remember? But yeah, that was that was, that, that was just a return from maternity leave story that has swiftly been forgotten. Next rant: the Bailey story is doing that curry thing where they take a potentially interesting story and make it boring. Maybe it's the rose-tinted nostalgia specs, but the story with Ashley and Fred back in the day was much better done. Men may be the only ones to qualify for the Dirty Dogs in the Bobbins Award, but if you're a woman on Corrie who happens to be up, get out of the duff, please make sure if who the father is is because. Because endless months of guilty looks, arguments and DNA tests get old fast. I don't really see the, the, the parallels between this and the Fred and Ashley story. This, this well, is somebody's dad didn't know that they were... Yeah, but I mean, that, that was all that about... Was the, that was about the relationship. There was already a really you know, strong, close-knit relationship between Fred and Ashley. And it was kind of just nice when it was revealed that they're actually closer than, than they were. I don't think that there was, there was any scandal there or anything. Because we didn't even know who... I don't think we knew the dad, did we? So... No, I, I don't think so. I mean, maybe Ashley's mum had been in it like once or twice or something, but it was just Uncle about... Fred. It was just like, oh, isn't this lovely? Okay. Rather than, oh, it's going to tear us apart, which this could do. <laughs> um, she continues, Ronnie started off as a good character, but is now just another dirty dog. And at the risk of sounding like Katie Hopkins, if you call your kid glory, I will judge you heavily. Oh, I'm feel so sorry for all the poor glories who are listening to this. It's a nice word. 
It, but it is a word, isn't it? It's not a name. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, Again, we're showing our age, I think, here. <sighs> just whatever word, whatever just noun, you, you just cushion. Blanket is a good name for a baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gosh, gosh, Trace is a cow, and not even an interesting cow like she used to be. Even the Leanne story, which, with the parallels of her younger self, a reckless teen, and now a desperate mother, are kind of good. Even that had me yawning. Sorry for the rant. I'll end on a positive note by saying these three things. Sally, Tracy, Abby and Debbie need to become the next girl group. Now the Connor women are dwindling. Sally is the only person who could be a bridezilla and it's not even her own wedding <laughs> and she must be protected at all costs. Sorry for being so mean. I promise I'm not usually like this but watching your favourite programme should never be like a chore. Character of the week is Sally only give it two lemon drops out of five. <laughs> what, what were the three things? You said that you were going to end by with saying three positive things and, and, and those she women... the girl, were, group. girl group. Sally is a bridezilla and she must be protected at all costs. Well, that's the same thing, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Thank you for your rant, Fangal Overlord. We love rants. We very much enjoy it. Even if you don't, even if the rant is completely contrary to everything we've just said, it's still quite fun. Well, it wasn't really. We we, we thought the week was okay, and Fangal Overlord thought it was less than okay. She still gave it too. Well, two, I mean, it's, it's not redeeming good, features. Right, Rebecca um, is talking about last week and uh, speaking on the, the rants. Starts, Rebecca starts off saying, not the best week this week. I'm one of those who like the Peter and Carla story relationship, but the problem I have is they keep putting pointless roadblocks in the way, yeah. i.e. Lucas asking Carla to move to Devon with him. Either cement them, i.e. an engagement or in a quick wedding, or kill Peter off. That way Carla can move on without having Peter's sad face in the background. Also, Lucas drives me crazy. Why did he go into Peter's hospital room to tell him to finish with Carla? I really felt for Peter this week. Only Ken was believing him and I enjoyed Chris's acting too. Yeah, I, I forgot about that whole story. That that Wednesday last week with uh, with Lucas and Carla and Peter really dragged last week See, down, this is why it? it was better this week because we didn't have any of that. We didn't have any of that, though. No. I haven't a clue what Steve was acting like. He was awful. And I wish Ken had gone through on his threat to throw him and Tracy out. I also really... kept Steve. Yeah, Ken was going to throw Steve out, oh. wouldn't he? Yeah. I think that um, Ken and Kathy need to team up in the anti-Steve club. <laughs> I also really enjoyed Ken too this week. I'm glad someone's finally there for Simon. Speaking of Simon, they better not have killed Jacob off. He and Simon need to team up against Harvey eventually. I quite enjoyed Harvey, although I probably have a bias for Will Miller, so I don't know how accurate my opinion is. I still think that Harvey's good. I mean, we, we saw him very, very briefly this week, didn't we, in, in the car, and I still um, I still stand by my um, you know, first impressions of him, that he could be quite a decently intimidating villain. So I hope that we get to see more than just a couple of snippets of him over the next you know week or two. Let's let's have a few meaty Will scenes, please, or Harvey, or whether we want to call him by the character name. Um, I'm lost where we are in here now. I'm going to say, even though I'm sad Nina and Asher have broken up, I think it's maybe the right thing at the moment, given Asher time to breathe, uh, giving Asher time to breathe and grow. Um, and I also think it's uh, also it'll give them a chance to be in relationships of their own and maybe then she and Nina can make their way back to one another. Even if they don't, I'm liking them as friends. 
I loved Roy this week, and I loved him saying that he didn't know what Nina was talking about regarding Little Mix. That was funny. I really hope that's the last we've seen of Corey too, stupid jerk. I don't mind the Sean story, although I can't really see the way it's going to go. Maybe Ridgian could bankrupt Sean with him promising all these things, but none of them are real. Ridgian is definitely scamming Sean, and as weird as it is, Todd sticking up for Sean and being nice. Well, he's right. I don't even have the words to speak about the Tyrone and Alina storyline. It irritates me so much. To start off with, yes, I can see Tyrone fancying Alina, but no offence to Ty, I don't understand Alina unless it's the whole he's being nice, nobody has been nice to me. Maybe it, there is a little bit of that, you know? Because, I mean, they have built up a little bit of Seb being a bit of a useless... I mean, he's not her boyfriend, is he? No. But, but, you know, no, nobody really in Coronation Street has got any friends, so I don't... But they, I mean, they don't all start dropping their knickers for everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. I also don't like all of a sudden Alina's dogs died, so that automatically gives her a connection to Tyrone, as we know he loves dogs. I did feel sorry for Alina a little bit, though. It's awful when your pet dies. It yes, is. It's so it sad. Is. Um, I also can understand a little bit why people are angry at Fizz, but I saw it... Uh, I saw it more a bit of what Vera did to Jack. I just despair as to where this story will go next. I'm still liking the Elaine-Yasmin partnership, although I feel this might have come to a rest place for now. And finally, yep, something looks like it's brewing with Ronnie, although with him moving into the Rovers, I just hope it's just a general flirting with Jenny, as when they announce the casting of Ronnie and with Johnny in prison, I just hope Daisy doesn't stick her nose in again. Character of the week is Nina, and I give it three times that Victoria Garden Kids Corner was used to deal drugs out of five. <laughs> I like that That's one. That's hilarious. A good one. That's a good one. Oh, okay. Right. Thank um, you very much, Rebecca. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, right, so shall we have... Oh, we've got Nancy. What were Nancy's highlights of yep. last week? And then we'll finish off this fabulous podcast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Nancy says, the highlights of this week were Asha and Nina. It was a well-written story. I felt the way that Nina handled breaking up with uh, Nina, with Asha was well done. I do think that Tanisha Gorey did a wonderful job. I love Jenny's scene in the Rovers with Ronnie and Ed. Can I just, I remember what I was thinking when I, sorry Nancy, um, uh, Rebecca bringing up Johnny in prison. That I hope that they bring that story back. Mm. It feel, felt like it just had a nice neat end when he had his pills and the whole story seems to have been a lot shorter and smaller than it needed to be. They need to, they need to bring that back. Sorry, carry on. Um, um, Nancy says, I think this line from Carla sums up her relationship with Peter. I've come to the conclusion that we are inevitable and I've given up fighting it. <laughs> That's so depressing. Carla deserves to be happy. Time will tell that she remains with Peter and we'll see a resurgence of, of her character. So is it like I've come to the conclusion that these storylines where we yeah. keep splitting up and getting back Depressingly together are inevitable. are inevitable and I've given up fighting it? Maybe <laughs> we should do that. Time will tell. If she... Oh, I said that. I'll give this week's episodes three out of five chilli con carnies. The character of the week is Nina. With or without chips? Yeah. Chilli con carne, chilli sin carne, no one cares. Chilli con chips or chilli sin chips? <laughs> it's a sin. <laughs> Patreon. Thank you very much oh, yes. to Louise James, who was oh. our newest patron for the week. That was yes. very nice. Um, it's a nice surprise to see a new one pop up Thank earlier this week. Very Thank much. you very much. Um, we are... I'm constantly thrilled and amazed that we get we pick up new Patreon um, supporters. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. It means so much that you guys like it enough that you would want to 
get, get even more content from us. It's just, so, nice and support. I mean, they don't just yeah. do it for themselves, do they? It's just hopeless. Well, it's nice to yeah. be supported. Oh, and you support us really by listening nice or retweeting us or following us or emailing us. But with I don't your want feedback. anyone to feel that they should be pressured. No, definitely not. I always feel really guilty when I say, oh, thank you for our Patreons because I thank you to everybody. Mm. Um, of all my children, I have no favourites. I think we might be doing <laughs> another Patreon episode this weekend. Oh, in God, fact. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, we, we've, we, we've decided on our topic. We yes, have to we wait do. a little bit longer to find out what that yeah. is. And I've decided my ranking of it. You oh, haven't. No. Well, I haven't done any notes or anything. Okay, all right. So, um, so I, I might need to, to do the a little bit of that as well this weekend. This weekend, I have got a little bit of school work to do, but I've been trying to get more done during the week. And I've got to go to my allotment. I've got to buy my sister. No, I've bought my sister a birthday card. I just need to actually remember to post it. And I need to go into school because we've got some cress growing for a science experiment. I need to water it. Apart from the ones that aren't being watered to see if cress can grow without water. That's excitement that I've got lined up for this weekend. Um, I hope you listeners have got a better weekend than us. We're going to have a konomiyaki on Saturday. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a roast on Sunday. You You complain when I make roast. No, I don't. I just wonder. We had a roast last week. Oh, okay, then, fine. I'll make one if you like. No, I don't know. I don't know. And we'll watch more Lost, because we'll still be watching Lost, aren't we? Great show. Do, 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 do. Right. Anyway, that was a, that felt, that was a short podcast tonight. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, everybody. There is the bonus podcast. We've got a listener question yeah. segment. We ask about, we talk about what would have happened if social media had been a thing. That was really Back in the days of 1960s Coronation Street. Yeah. Like, who'd have been shipped and who would have made a a storm on social media and, and would it have affected our viewing experience and then we talked about which um, retcons that Coronation Street has introduced have been most bothersome to us and then both of them has quite quite enjoyed that so uh, do download that and give it to a listen give it a listen <laughs> give it to a if listener you, if you've got a spare well, an hour and 20 minutes maybe this weekend I know you do you must do a well, <laughs> you're listening really... to this now you must have a lot of free time <laughs> yeah it's quite good it's quite good that's it thank you everyone thank you for everybody. listening Please, um, whether you like the, the show this week or not I'm really really interested um, to see like because like I said this week Cory get... was fine to me it was just fine but I know to a lot of people it was worse than fine please don't get upset about um, this show if it, if it feels like you're not enjoying it don't don't watch it if, you, if you're not enjoying it honestly it's it just makes you if, makes it worse doesn't it if you feel you're obliged to listen just give it a skip if it's coming overwhelming i completely understand <laughs> just give it a skip and do read the um synopsis or something it's fine um and and just don't yeah just don't be sad if if um mm. i'm sorry that if we ever get people down with our negativity as well yeah it was, really it was nice this week but i mean we were fairly I, I we just need to kind of strike a balance like i think sometimes if we're down on a week if we come across as, you know, still making fun of it, it can still be good to listen to. But it must be bad if we're down on a week and we just sound depressed about it. And I think yeah, we maybe strayed a bit too far into that territory oh, last week. Oh, sorry. No, I said we. You know you meant me. No, I didn't. I was over life last week. I think we both did. But yeah, this, this, week, was, this week was fine. Anyway, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. Ta-ra for now. Have a lovely weekend. Goodbye. Good luck. And this music for this podcast came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh,